This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Movement Watches, spelled M-V-M-T. And this is a watch company that sells you really high-quality, beautiful watches at a fraction of what you would have to pay for them if they went through the retail route. A lot of companies are doing this these days because the Internet. The Internet's a beautiful thing in that regard. You don't have to pay for a physical store somewhere. We have to pay you know, some high rent and a bunch of employees to look pretty and sell you stuff. They cut out all that expense, and they pass on the savings directly to you. And, I mean, it's a big savings. You're talking about a watch that would go for 500 bucks, maybe even more, if you bought it at some sort of a retail outlet. And these watches on movementwatches.com, M-V-M-T, the actual website name is mvmt.com forward slash Rogan. That's where you want to go. But these watches there, they start at just 95 bucks. I mean, these are slick-looking watches. Very beautiful, stylish design. They're minimalist. Very cool-looking, very high-quality design, very high-quality construction. And they've sold over a million watches in over 160 countries. I wear one all the time. They're very good-looking watches. As a matter of fact, former UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw was on the podcast once just randomly. I go, that's a nice watch, man. What is that? He goes, oh, it's uh, MVMT, Movement. It's a... one of my sponsors. I go, ah, look at that. I go, that's one of my sponsors too. And I, I just organically said, that's a nice watch. They really are beautiful looking watches, clean designs, and uh, a lot of different ones to choose from. You can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com forward slash Rogan. That's mvmt.com forward slash Rogan. Rogan. Movement watches. You fucks. We're also brought to you by Stamps.com. Stamps.com, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to keep you from going to the fucking post office because you don't want to go. Anytime I can figure out a way to avoid a line, I'm very happy. Anytime I can figure out a way to do something online instead of go to a physical place, I'm very happy. This is what Stamps.com can provide you with. It can provide you with freedom. Yeah. With Stamps.com, you can create a Stamps account in minutes online with no equipment to lease, no long-term commitments. Click, print, mail, and you're done. It's so simple. And unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes. You can print postage for letters or packages at your convenience 24-7. It's convenient. It's easy. It's reliable. It's flexible. It's so fucking simple. This is how it works. They send you a digital scale. That digital scale automatically calculates the exact postage. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. The digital scale automatically calculates the exact postage. You don't need to lease an expensive postage meter. You don't need to do anything but go to Stamps.com. It's beautiful. And right now, you can enjoy Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. So go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in J-R-E. That's Stamps.com. Click on the microphone, type in J-R-E. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again.
I'm going to say again from now on. No more again. That's what peasants say. A sophisticated person should say again. Um, now, we are building a new website right now. And we are doing it with Squarespace. Squarespace has been a sponsor of this podcast for quite a while. And I've been raving about uh, what amazing websites you can make with Squarespace. And now we are using that technology to make the new version of my website. Why? Because it's that good. It's fucking beautiful, folks. You don't have to hire someone to do something like this anymore. Back in the day... Making a website was a gigantic pain in the ass. It, it sucked. It wasn't fun. But now, today, with Squarespace, it's a simple drag-and-drop user interface with beautiful templates that allow you, the regular person, just like me, who doesn't know a lot about computers, you don't have to know coding, you don't have to know HTML, all you have to do is go to Squarespace. And if you can do shit like move files around on your computer... Can you attach a photograph to an email? Do you know how to click on things? Just drag and drop. You know how to do it. You can make a fucking beautiful website. And these beautiful websites, each one of them comes with a free online store. You get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Yeah. And you can try it for free. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Yeah. You can, you can use it for anything. You can uh, make a blog. You can turn a cool idea into a website. You can sell products. You can do a lot of shit. It's awesome. Check it out. And again, you try it for free. Squarespace.com. And when you're ready, use the offer code Joe. And you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And again, the new experience website. Why did I say that? The experience. I think it's just going to be my name. Whatever. We're also brought to you by Lyft. Do you want to make some motherfucking money on your spare time? Well, you should go and drive for Lyft. L-Y-F-T. It's a simple formula, folks. Happy drivers mean happy passengers and maybe that's one of the reasons why lyft gets nine out of ten lyft rides marked with a five star rating can you believe that nine out of ten lyft rides get a perfect five star rating well if you want to drive with lyft you can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips if you want to earn some more money all you have to do is drive more it's very easy Super simple. And Lyft was the first rideshare platform with tipping built right into the app because getting tips shouldn't depend on your passenger having money, like physical cash money. It's so retro, man. You get to keep 100% of the tips and they add up fast. Drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced. And Express Pay lets you get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. Lyft has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. And you can tell because these fuckers are always parked right in front of the entrance to the comedy store. That drive-in, that little drive area, the driveway, a lot of people using Lyft. You see the little color-coded things right in their window sill. Or um, not window sill, what's that called? Dashboard. 
So join the ride sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lift L Y F T.com forward slash Rogan today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. Sweet. That's L Y F T.com forward slash Rogan lift.com forward slash Rogan limited time only terms apply. Today, ladies and gentlemen, the very first podcast in the new studio. Please welcome my brother, my friend for almost 30 years, the great and powerful Gregory Fitzsimmons. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Is it working? Is it live? It says it's live. Gregory, we're live. This is it. This is it. Yep. For, there's definitely more yeah. of an echo in this room. We're going to have to do some tweaking, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number one in the new spot. Uh-oh. Jamie's fucking up already. Jesus. There's extra mics on? I had all the mics on. I oh, the back mics? Those, don't, those are off now. Oh. That sounds that better. Changed, yeah, it changed everything. Jesus. Yeah. How, how, you're a wizard. How'd you know this? You could feel it. You could sense it in the room. He uh, should be behind a curtain like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. What color was the Wizard of Oz's curtain? It was green, right? I don't know. Yeah, green. Wasn't it? Paint Emerald City, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, right. Right. Emerald City. Gregory, welcome. I feel so happy to be here on the first episode. Dude, I'm honored. I'm yeah. honored that you're number one. Yeah. This perfect. Is, Seems yeah, perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. Fuck. It's crazy, right? He just gave me a tour of this place, and it's like, I, I saw the first half and was like, what the fuck's he going to do with all this space? The back half is bigger than the first half. Well, it's going to be a gym. Yeah. It's a, an actual full gym. I don't like going places. Do it all right here. Got your, your tank, your sauna. There's a 47-yard indoor archery range in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be badass. Yeah. It's, why not? Fuck it. Yeah. But the the big thing is to set up the studio and to have it as close to the old one as possible. I mean, basically, we built it. Sort of. The only difference is the sky. Uh, thanks to octo lights, now we have um, clouds in the sky instead of stars. I decided to mix it up a little bit, change the curtain color. I from, love that it feels the same as the other one, though. Pretty fucking similar. I mean, the dimensions are are they exact? The very dimensions? close. Very close. And yeah. this is this is a standalone. Th- I mean, this was built. So it was built to the same size. I mean, yeah. this was this did not exist. So this is all like constructed. Basically, we just I had all these ideas like, well, I'll do it this way and I'll do it this way and I'll make a table that's different and then and then as time went on and I started doing the planning and everything, I said, "You know what? I don't I don't think I want to change much at all." Hmm. Like this table first of all is giant. Like I love this table and it's got all this weird history to it you it's know? got a little bend to it yeah well when we got it the wood uh hadn't been killed kiln dried kiln dried yeah yeah so when wood sits out or it goes anywhere it gets damp and then when uh it uh dries out it starts to warp a little bit mm-hmm. and change and shift and so it's got a little warp to it but yeah i like it it's, this desk got history it's got history and the red brick wall looks exactly the same yeah pretty close pretty close we're rolling jamie's over there in his spot it's pretty close i mean it's like it doesn't i have to remind myself that we're in a new spot that's perfect yeah i mean after we do a few episodes here we'll be like oh just this is the spot 
after a fight companion. And yeah, yeah. Especially once the boozing starts again. Once the boozing and the weed starts again in November. Yeah. How hard has that been for you? Easy. Really? Super easy. Like, is he, the other day we went to Mexican food and I wanted a margarita. And I went, oh, damn, I can't have a margarita. Yeah. That's it. That's literally my only craving. People talk to you about, like, because the initial thing wasn't quitting weed, right? The initial thing was just getting Bert Kreischer to not die. So, like, our idea was, like, so let's see if we can get him to go sober for a month. Yeah. And he was like, I can run a marathon. I'm like, well, stop. <laughs> Fuck this. You're not going to run <laughs> a marathon. <laughs> well, like, listen, how about instead of you running a marathon, we just have you do 15 hot yoga classes? And they're like, oh, that'll be easy. I'm like, you guys haven't even done one. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know if it's easy. Right. So now they're, they're slogging away through, like, I think they're, they're all at, like, number six or seven right Do now. we have video of uh, Bert in a hot yoga class? No video, no. But they they take videos after him and Tom get out, and they're both you know beat red and it's covered in sweat. It's pretty obvious. They the towel went through is it. just drenched. Yeah, yeah. but Bert wow. has done amazing. First of all, his his blood pressure has dropped radically. He wow. was uh, actually on high blood pressure medication. Yeah, and uh, after this, after stopping drinking, just immediately his blood pressure dropped like radically. Yeah. So like he doesn't even need blood pressure medication if he doesn't drink. That's like, amazing. It's the only thing that's doing him in is the booze. Right. So, and then, but people would come up to me about the weed. So the weed wasn't in the original bet. The original bet was just no booze, yeah. which I thought would be pretty easy. And then they're like, all right, we're going to go new, no weed too. And I was like, no weed? Fuck you. Like, I'm just doing this for Bert. Like, I don't want to stop smoking. And then I, they were giving me a hard time about it. They started this hashtag pray for Joe campaign because I was addicted to pot. Uh-huh. So I initially thought I'll just get off weed and not tell them until the end and go, it was fucking easy, you pussies. Yeah. But then Ari was making such a big deal out of it. I had to say, actually, dude, I'm not smoking pot either, just to let the cat out of the bag. Tom Segura already knew. But um, people would come up to you like, like you're not eating for a month. Like, you okay? Yeah, right, like, right. How do, you, how do you feel? Yeah. Are you, you off heroin for good? You know? But it, it's such a part of, I don't know, for you, it, was, it never seemed like an addiction. Drugs, to, for my vision of you doing drugs, is it's always mind-expanding, and it's always just... To relax. It's never like an addiction. It never felt like you needed to. I definitely don't need it, obviously, because yeah. I've, I've had some great sets, too, which has been very interesting, because I usually like to go on stage high. I haven't done that at all, though. No no pot for 17 days? Is that what today is? What's today? The 17th? So no pot for 17 days. Where do you miss it the most? Before going on? No. I haven't missed it. Wow. It's been weird. You know, I, I was like, maybe there's going to be a moment where like, wow, I'd like to have some weed. I'm a little nervous about smoking again. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to get so high yeah. that I'm going to be so paranoid. Right. And all these demons are going to come <laughs> creeping up into my consciousness again. <laughs> all the paranoid, yeah. psychic demons. Right. They're just going to come floating by. It's like that first orgasm after you get your prostate removed. Yeah, man. For real. You know, like once, once you're back, you know, it's just... It just seems like um, it seems like it's going to hit you way, way, way harder. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what everybody says. Yeah, you take a month off and then you get back on the pot. Then you know why everybody freaks out when you get them high. You know because we're so used to getting high that when we get high, it's no big deal. Yeah. But when people don't get high and they're like, "Oh, I'll smoke a little weed with you," but they haven't smoked pot maybe like six months or something like that. Yeah. Those people are fucked. Right. They're in a bad place. Yeah, I got a nice, easy rhythm going. I got the little vape pen, and I'm, when, I'm, when I'm on the road, you know, Thursday, Friday night, couple hits, that's pretty much it. 
And you never do it before shows, right? Never, never, ever. And you took a long time. Like when, when I first met you way back in the day, um, when we first started out, you had just quit booze. Right. Like just quit. Yeah. And you weren't doing nothing. No pot, no booze, no nothing. Like what was it that made you realize, I could smoke a little weed? It was New Year's Eve of... I turned 40. Nine, 2004. Whoa. So I had not smoked pot for 14 years. Whoa. Or drank or anything. And then I'm standing outside of the improv in San Francisco, and I'm with, I won't mention the manager's name, but a manager who smokes a lot of pot that we all know and love. And uh, the entire cast of the Marijuana Logs is Doug Benson, Tony Kameen, uh, and um, Brian Posehn. And they're all there. It's just like a weird thing where, you know, I don't know if you've ever done New Year's Eve in San Francisco, but there's like three different venues that all do comedy. You know, there's Cobbs, there's the Punchline, and then there's a big theater, the, the Palais, the Palace of Fine Arts or whatever. Mm. And then there's an after party at the Punchline. And it's the greatest after party because usually you go on the road and after your show, you're just kind of alone. Maybe you got your opener or whatever and you hang out. But this is always like, you know, every comic in San Francisco comes together. And I'm standing out front, and, and they're standing there with a joint, and they hand it to me, and I just I felt like this is the moment I'm supposed to smoke pot again. <laughs> and I did, and, uh, and then the weirdest fucking thing happened is um, I went down to help Molly. You know, she had a, um, a van coming from the palace, and she had a box of booze that had been the backstage bar. And she's carrying a bottle of vodka, and she's walking towards the steps and this group we were talking about san francisco homeless people before group of like you know they're like 21 and they're like street urchins yeah they're like you know it's almost like yeah the warriors come (laughs) out it's like that type of person and they grab the bottle of booze out of molly's hand and i'm standing there with todd barry paul f tompkins and like i think greg proops there's like two guys in suits and so they grab this bottle from Molly, and she chases after them. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not your booze. It's the club's booze. And she runs right in the middle of them. And they, uh, she grabs the bottle, and she's fighting with this woman over it. Oh, and Jesus. these guys are surrounding her. And I run in, and I, I grab her and start pulling her out. But at the same time, guys fist cocked, waiting to take a shot at me. And I'm yelling to these guys, Hey, how about a little help here? And nothing. And so uh, I kind of pull her out of there, and we half run away. And then as we're walking up the stairs, they threw a blockbuster, an M80. Oh, Jesus. And it landed right near us, and it blew out. Oh, and um, there was a lesbian. For people who don't know what that means, it's a firecracker, like a super big. It's an eighth of a stick of dynamite. Is it really that much? Yeah, that's what an M80 is. Jesus Christ. I yeah. didn't know it was that powerful. Yeah, I mean, you feel it in your chest. And uh, blew out Molly's hearing for like a year. And uh, people were crying. It was like really traumatic. And I'm high. I'm like, this is the fucking worst. After 14 years, <sighs> I was just like, fuck, this is nuts. I was walking the girl back to the hotel because she was sobbing. It wasn't Tig. It was uh, it was a, a lesbian comedian who had a girlfriend with her, and uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy. Whoa. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were talking about how San Francisco is just a little bit too lenient with their homeless population. Yeah. They're just a little silly with it. And we were talking about how they have it mapped out where people shit in the streets now. Mm. So you could avoid human shit. Yeah. It's either a website or an app. I'm not sure which one it is, but they, they're basically keeping up-to-date human poo stats. How do they know it's human versus dog? Probably smells worse. People are gross. Maybe there's a little toilet paper next My to it. My dogs shit all <laughs> over the house last night. Ugh. My dogs, I have uh, a young dog and two old dogs, right? And my big old dog is a Mastiff, and he's super cool with every dog. Any dog comes over, hey, how you doing? Yeah. He's super friendly. But my little dog is kind of a twat. Something going on with the lights? What? They just dim? Yeah. Uh, they turn off. Oh, they're turning off. Why oh, are they turning off? Oh, scary. Ooh, scary. Spooky. What kind of dog is the little dog? What is that, Jamie? It's a motion sensor. That's why we're getting it replaced. Oh, so things were not here. Yeah, it's getting Oh, well, how do we fix that? That's dumb. Okay. Anyway, the little dog is a... He's not that little. He's a medium-sized dog, I guess. He's a Shibu Inu English Bulldog mix, right? Nice. And uh, he has um, he has an issue with any dog. He's a little cunt. Like, any dog is like... Arr. Yeah. And the puppy is 11 months old. I have a, a golden retriever. He's the oh, sweetest dog in the world. That's great. He's the best. But he can't go near the bulldog. The bulldog bit him in his face when he was a puppy. Like, no shit. Really, really hurt him. Like put a big cut in his nose. Whoa. And I had to take him to the vet. It was so. Two of the dogs sleep in this one little contained area, but they opened up the door and wandered around the house and just took a shit in the middle of the living room, pissed on the wall, and they did all this because the other dog is in the house. Like the other dogs in there, like, well, if he's in here, we're just going to shit all over the place and mark right. this place up. They'd wow. never, never done that before. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Like dog psychology. Like they were pissed that the uh, other dog gets to be in better spots than them. So they yeah. just decided to shit in the living room. Wow. <laughs> That's a statement. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they made their statement. You know? It, the, it's funny because the big one, I could have him with the the, the new dog, no problem. He's, he loves them. They, yeah. they play together. Mm. They, they, you know, they have, he has a great time, but I just don't trust that other one. So what are you going to do? Shoot the other one in the head. <laughs> Hunting accident? No. Uh, just keep them separated. I mean, I, I can have them around together when I'm there. Mm. You know, he's a, he's a cool old dog. He likes people. He loves people. Like, people come over. He loves you. He's he's a very sweet dog. But he just doesn't. It's apparently an English bulldog trait. They just do not like other dogs. Yeah. They just don't. They want They're all the love. They're tough dogs. And they, and they have a lot of health issues. They fucking yeah. wheeze. He's had two um, surgeries on his knees. Both his front knees are fucked up. Yeah. He's just got, like, they just. It's a terrible thing what they've done, designing them like mm-hmm. that, taking them and putting them into this shape that's really not supposed to exist. Shortening their nose. Yeah, it's like it's really fucked up yeah. what, what they've done. Yeah. It's just Yeah, that breed may need to be put down. Well, it's a it's weird. Like why? Why did anybody decide to have a dog that has a flat face that can't breathe, can't walk mm-hmm. very good? Yeah. They just wa- they're always in pain, so they just want to lie down. Yeah. Like those dogs don't they're not ball chasers. Right. They like you throw a ball to an English bulldog, he's like, well, "Fuck off, man. Yeah. I'm not running after that thing." Everything hurts. They just waddle everywhere. Yeah. You know. It's weird because the original bulldog 
was a dog that they literally used to use for what they call bull baiting. What bull baiting is, they would tie a bull down and so it couldn't go anywhere, and then they would sick the dogs on the bull. That's what a bulldog yeah? is. Yeah, it's like sport. What was the point of that? I don't know. Just to fuck with I the bull? I'd have to look into it. No, I think it was like a betting thing. Oh. You know, it's like a blood sport thing. Yeah. And that's, that's originally what a bulldog looked like. like. Do you know what American bulldog looks like? No. American bulldog is like sort of pit bull-esque, but larger. Like much larger. American bulldog has like got a, kind of a pit bull-like face, sort of a flat nose, but nothing like an English bulldog. They're mm. really smart dogs. They're very good dogs. Like yeah. a, a buddy might had one, and uh, it was a great dog. But they're tanks. They're like this big, jacked up, like like, but a totally functional dog. Like they Man. run. They use them for protection. They, they, you know, they're they're just really good dogs. And the English version of them is like. What that dog is is like I might be fucking this up, but I think they took the that dog and somehow or another bred it down to this really gross, cute, fat, flat nosed, shitty breathing English bulldog. Did they want it to look like the royal family? Blah! Yeah, they had they had them fuck <laughs> their only their sisters. Fuck. Only fuck your sister. <laughs> only fuck your sister. And then they took those puppies. No, 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 you can't fuck fuck your sister. Okay. And then Paler. your babies fuck each other. Your babies fuck each other. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you look fine. That was Irish. Ugh. Just, I don't know, man. Just, it's weird that they all came from wolves. You know, a wolf could fuck an English bulldog and get it pregnant. That's what's incredible. It's like the genetics. No shit. The genetics are the same. And they didn't know this until, like, I want to say less than a decade ago. Yeah. They used to think that all wolves were like wolves and then Dogs were like a combination of a bunch of different things, wild canids like jackals and coyotes and all these different things, and that we had somehow or another bred them down. Because there's no real record of how anybody ever did that. And if you go back to the history of domesticated dogs, it spans over 10,000 years, so mm. it predates human history. Yeah. We really don't know how the fuck anybody made a chihuahua. We just know that there's chihuahuas. Right. I know that the first domesticated dogs were the ones that – Basically, were were you know docile that could come near the fire. Yes, and so the ones that were friendlier and nicer kept, and they killed the other ones. I put up a picture on Instagram yesterday. I reposted something somebody sent me with this fucking lady found a, a young coyote and she thought it was a dog and she washed it and they put it up on Facebook. <laughs> <It's> fucking- <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's kind of aggressive, but now it's sleeping, and it's like a little coyote, and this lady's washing a fucking coyote. And are in people the tub. just writing, "Lady, <laughs> get it out of the house!" It's it's kind of hilarious. She gets her period, and it just fucking lunges at her, attacks her. There it is. Look at that. Oh Lost my dog God. found in Chamberlain Road. No collar. Seems a bit aggressive. Also, doesn't like bass, but she was pretty dirty. Took took most of the night, but she's resting comfy now on the bed. <laughs> Look at that thing. That is a fucking coyote, obviously. And it's obviously a little one, too. Yeah. It's probably a young one, like a yearling or something. Yeah, you can't domesticate a coyote. But you can in a weird way. Uh, I know a guy who, um, well, I don't know him, but I, I follow his Instagram account. I forget his name. Shit. But anyway, oddly enough, this guy has dogs that he uses to hunt coyotes with which is really crazy hunt to kill hunt to kill and he found coyote puppies 
in a den. And so they found these coyote puppies in the den, and he felt bad mm. that these, these little coyote puppies, like, I don't know what happened to the mother. So they raised one. So he took a coyote puppy in, and now it lives with him. Wow. Yeah, and it gets along. Like, the only problem is when they feed it. Is that him? Might be. Wow. Could be. Yeah, so Looks he's like got, a German shepherd. Yeah, I mean, but he's had it since it was a baby. The dog, I think that is that. I don't know if that's him. Um, but this guy has all this video of it on his site of him with this coyote puppy with his other dogs. And they're all barking together and shit. And he said the only, the only problem, they get along great until it's time to eat. And when it's time to eat, the coyote's like, fuck off, everybody, uh, fuck off. Right. This, is just, this is like full feral as soon as it's time to eat. But he's had yeah. the thing since, I think he said it was like a couple months old when he got it. Like wow. just freshly weaned. That's amazing. Yeah, you can, you can raise them. But they're wolves. Coyotes my, are wolves. My friends have a dingo. What? Yeah. Did it eat the baby? Dingo ate the baby! <laughs> a dingo ate my baby. <laughs> and this thing is the same way. If you got some food on the counter and it's four feet off the ground, that fucking thing, you leave the room for one second, that food is gone. Yeah, they're just feral. Yeah. What's funny, like, my puppy was like that when he was little. It's like uh, I was, I mean, that's how puppies are. And I, but I forgot because I haven't had a puppy in a while. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, eating and I put some food on his plate and he saw it. And he was like, oh, I want some of that. And he jumped up, put his feet on the table, leaned in and tried to, tried to bite it and yeah. got a piece of meat in his mouth. And I was like, hey, fucker. You can't, and I'm like, oh, I got to teach him this. Yeah. Because uh, they don't know. Right. They feel like, well, the food's right there. Time right. to get the food. Yep. There's the food. I yeah. see it. There it is. It's right there. Yeah, our neighbors were having people over. They were having a party, and I was over there, and they had a husky, a fucking badass Alaskan husky. And this thing was, you know, beyond puppy. It was big. And they had meatballs, Swedish meatballs, like four platters of them, right out of the oven, still fucking hot. And they left the room, and they came back, and they were gone. He ate all of them? All the Swedish meatballs. (sighs) Hot. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's like, here's my chance. Yep. Have a full belly or have a, you know, or bur- burn your tongue and have a full belly right. or not. No food. And this Go is an Irish it. party. This wasn't like, there's Swedish meatballs and there's uh, sausage. No. Irish, there's one fucking thing. And now it's gone. The Swedish meatballs are gone. <laughs> the dog ate all the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do- it's a weird relationship that humans have with dogs. Because, mm. you know, a lot of people have dogs that sleep in their beds. They come with you places. They hop in the car. And then, then there's the assholes that have those emotional support dogs. Yeah, what is what's is the jury out on that still? It's a fucking ridiculous part of modern 21st century life yeah. that we allow that stupid shit. I was in a fucking restaurant, like a really nice restaurant. This lady came in, and she's a lady from Real Housewives. She was one of those... Uh, What's no, not the show. Desperate Housewives. She's a, a famous actress. Yeah. I don't want to say her name. Very pretty lady. Oh yeah. She hit, she hit the skids though. Um, but anyway, she's bringing brings in this fucking dog, and and people are looking at her like, what? It's a dog, like a golden lab, yeah. like a big dog. Yeah. And she brings this dog in, and she's just sitting there eating. And this dog's on the floor where, like, you might drop a fry right. or your fork and pick it up and wipe it off. And this dog's asshole's just rubbing on the ground right there. <laughs> I mean, basically, you have this this animal's dick is, like, rubbing on the ground and rubbing on things and dirt yeah. on its feet. It's probably stepping in shit. Right. And, and pl- people have allergies to dogs. 100%. Now you fucked up their night. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's 
somehow or another, they can get a note from their doctor that says they're too fucking weak mm. to exist without this dog with them 24 hours a day. Yeah. It's an emotional support dog. There's a lot of comics that have them. Yeah, but it's a, like a loophole. Like Natasha has one, but she like openly admits it's a loophole. So I she think... can bring the dog everywhere. She's got a doctor's note. Yeah. It says she's soft. Yeah. <laughs> I think is uh, what's her name's has to be Eliza, Eliza's. Does she have be. it set up? Yeah, it seems I'm like she sure would do that, too. that she, thing doesn't leave her side. Yeah, she'll make you watch it though when she goes on stage. Here, hold this, Greg. Yeah, right. And you're right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then yeah. people finger it. I love. I don't. Not me. No, a lot of people do. I, I saw here. I heard the dog waits for her to go out and then just takes its ass in the air and it, starts running it presents. at you. Yeah, it presents. Uh, just literally runs backwards. <laughs> She's going to hear this and be so mad. We're kidding, Eliza. We're kidding. Don't call her Eliza either. She'll get mad at that, too. My Eliza. name is Eliza. Eliza. You know, she doesn't use the last name anymore? Well, neither does, uh, well, Christina is Christina P. now. Really? Sebastian Maniscalco is just Sebastian now. A lot of white people getting crazy lately. Tignatara is just Tig. Is that cultural appropriation? To use a, a white person, to use only one name? <laughs> I, I always forget. What's cultural appropriation? Right, we need right. to constantly be reminded. I tweeted something today. I was reading a fucking article and I almost punched my screen. They're saying that hoop earrings are cultural oh, appropriation. no. Girls aren't allowed to wear hoop earrings. Really? Cultural appropriation. Damn. Do you know how fucking privileged you have to be? Like, how soft... Look at that. Hoop earrings criticizes cultural appropriation. Do you know how soft you have to be to give in to that? To give yeah. in to that and how, how fucking dumb you have to be to say that. Yeah. You have to be so dumb. And it's you're almost with racist. This, I think it's the, uh, it's the it opposite. Racist. It's racist against white people. No, it's, it's racist against black people. What? They're jungle, jungle people that only wear giant fucking hoops in their ears? What I read was Latinas. Latinas are criticizing it and saying it's a part of their culture. Oh, it's their culture. Yeah. It's like people oh, are just picking black terms. Thing. No, black people don't want girls to wear braids. Oh. Cornrows. Can't really? wear cornrows. Yeah, you can wear like regular white people braids. But little skinny braids, that's cultural appropriation. What about Goldilocks? She was white. What about golf shirts? Are they allowed to wear golf right. shirts? Right. They shouldn't be. If we they're going to get crazy it, with these braids, it's not Green we. pants. Here's the problem. Yellow this belts. Whole, all this wee bullshit. The entire country is a melting pot of cultural appropriation. You dumb cunts. All right. That is the whole idea of having a civilization, yeah. is that you get to share each other's food, share each other's recipes, listen to each other's music, listen to each other's jokes and stories, get, buy each other's clothes. You know, there was this, um, this journalist that went to um, Japan, and they were talking about cultural appropriation, whether or not they thought that like white girls like Katy Perry wearing the geisha outfit was cultural appropriation. Mm. And they were, they were like universally saying, no, we're happy that people love right. Japanese culture yeah. and that they do that. They're yeah. happy. Yeah. But over here, you get these fucking dummies that are just looking to complain and criticize and just call out everything and everybody about everything. Yeah. It's, uh... Oh, my God. I, I see this. What is this? No. This Jeremy a, Lin? Yeah, so he uh, came out with a, uh, in the preseason, I think, he had dreadlocks in his hair. And a former NBA player called him out on it, Kenyon Martin. But Jeremy Lin's response to it was actually really good, if you want to 
check that out. Hey, man, it's all good. You don't have to like my hair and definitely entitled to your opinion. Actually, I, leg- I legit grateful you sharing it, TBH, to be honest. At the end of the day, I appreciate that I have dreads and you have Chinese tattoos. There you go. Because I think it's a sign of respect. And I think as minorities, the more we appreciate each other's cultures, the more we influence mainstream society. Thanks for everything you did for the Nets and Hoops. Had your poster up on my wall growing up. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is what he said right here. That's really classy. Um, somebody really need to tell him, like, all right, bro, we get it. You want to be black. Like, we get it. But the last name is Lynn. All right. Well, he's a Wait, fucking- Wait, who said that? The other guy. Who is the other guy? Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. Usually there was a picture of his okay. Chinese tattoos. But it's been removed. Yeah. Right well, he's a dummy. And that Jeremy Lin guy is a very classy character for the way he answered it. First of all, dreads are not black. They, they were a sign of people not washing their hair that dates back to the Greeks and the Romans. There's ancient sculptures of Caucasian-looking people with dreadlocks. Dreadlocks were worn by the Vikings. It is not a black thing. Hmm. Because some black people wear them does not mean it's a black I mean, the idea that this is a real thing, this cultural appropriation that people go around pointing at people saying you can't wear your hair a certain way. Yeah. Like we're limiting hairstyles. Mm. And it's just so many people are just looking forward to criticizing and getting shitty with people over almost nothing. Yeah. It's just – No, it, the whole, the, the whole um, energy of this country is supposed to be – Complete assimilation. Like you yeah. said, let's pick the best shit from each culture and make it just American hodgepodge. And that's what it's about with gentrification. You know, you want people to not all live in one neighborhood and all dress exactly the same as each other. You want there to be a merging of different looks, yeah. different addresses, sure, working in different trades. You know, there used to be, if you were Irish, you were a cop. That's it. That's what we fucking did. You know, we were cops or we were soldiers. When we first came over here in like the 1860s during the famine, they just, we got off the boat hungry and they threw a fucking uniform on us and sent us in to fight front lines against the South. Or you were a cop. And then after that, they got into the trades. There's a lot of Irish people in unions. Right. You know, a lot of Irish in the Longshoremen's Union, a lot of Irish in the, you know, the Carpenter's Union. Yeah. But look, fusion restaurants. What's a fusion restaurant? Yeah. You take a couple different cultures, you combine their food into some sort of a unique thing. And it's, it was a big thing for a while. People loved fusion. Yeah. They love that kind of food. And now there's a ton of people complaining when white people cook Mexican food. Yeah. Like there's this famous guy. I forget his name. Can't be that famous. I guess he's not that famous if I forget his name. But he's a, a famous white guy who loves Mexican food. And he um, opened up a Mexican restaurant, and all these people got pissed that this guy is uh, cooking Mexican food. Mm. But this guy's been writing books about Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm. He goes down to Mexico. He learns how to cook authentic Mexican dishes from people that live in these villages and towns in mm. Mexico. and. And, like, has a deep love and appreciation for the culture of Mexico. Yeah. I mean, this guy is essentially a Mexican cuisine scholar. And all these people give this fucking poor guy, that's his name. All, what is his name? Rick Bayless. Rick Bayless. Mm. And he's famous. I mean, I've, I've read one of his books on Mexican food. And I've seen articles written on him and video interviews and stuff. And this guy is uh, getting in 
in trouble with other people. When chefs become famous cooking other cultures' food. Mm. You don't own your culture, you fucking idiot. You know why? Because you didn't create it. You didn't invent pizza. You didn't invent pasta. You didn't invent Chinese food. It's been around for hundreds of fucking years. You were just born. You were born with a certain ethnicity. You don't own that ethnicity. The idea that you can keep other people from enjoying it and appreciating the history of other human beings is fucking racist and mm. it's stupid this this thing that we're getting into where we're criticizing people you know b- based on various aspects of you know, culture that they enjoy it's insanity yeah it's insanity i know think about how italians have affected like fashion in this country. Sure. I mean, from high fashion all the way down to, like, the disco era. when How all about of a sudden, rap music? Right. They were all calling themselves Gotti, and right. they were all calling Al Capone. And, yep. I mean, come on, man. I mean, how many fucking rap songs, like, have Godfather lyrics in them? Yeah. And it's just, cut the shit. It's right. so stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. And that's my culture. And I'll tell you, you can have it. That's why I love one of the seminal moments in American culture was Aerosmith getting together with DMC and doing Walk This Way. That was Fuck a, yeah. That's what America's supposed to be. Yeah, it's just, it's kids today looking to point the finger at the world they see and looking to find fault in it. Mm. And find fault in each other. And it's this call-out culture that we see. Mm. There's plenty of shit that's wrong in the world. There's plenty of shit. Mm. And I guess this is just a byproduct of people having the freedom to communicate. I mean, I guess that's what we're seeing. But there's there's plenty of shit to really pay attention to. Jeremy Lin wearing dreadlocks isn't on that list. Mm. You know? Yeah. Girls that wear hoop earrings, they're not on that list. Mm. It's just fucking... White ear- kids that wear baggy pants... So what? Yeah, so what? Who gives a shit? Yeah, to but, me, that's a sign that they're, like, accepting black culture. Yeah, That the they want to inter- intermix. They want to hang out together and share each other's fashions and ideas and drugs and women. Well, the white people, especially, like, from the suburbs, have always looked towards black people that grew up in difficult circumstances and admired something about how tough they were or how how uh you know street smart or how cool cool they were they were people that look it takes pressure to make a diamond you don't make a diamond in sherman oaks mm-hmm. you know yeah oh we went to the galleria it was crazy we went to the food court we're radical yeah no, that's not you know those those people that live in these like safe suburban neighborhoods the one thing that the troubled kids coming up want to be, they want to be associated in some way with something tougher, something harder, something where, you know, people have had to earn their stripes. That's why they have this love of rap music, especially gangster rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has always been, that's always been an issue yeah. with young white kids. Like, since, since gangster rap was invented... There's always been, like, young white kids who live in the suburbs who, I mean, it's always comical watching them sing the lyrics, talking about robbing people and shooting people and dealing drugs. And, you know, meanwhile, they're living in Thousand Oaks or something. Yeah. (laughs) Whose son was it? Was it, like, Tom Hanks' son? Yes, yes. He's the big rapper. Tom Hanks' son is a rapper, (laughs) and he gets so much shit. Yeah. I don't know if Tom Hanks has commented on it, but it's got to suck. Yeah, because he's got to support him. It's his son. But the kid is like, 
That's him? Oh, oh my God. Does it say limo life? Limo life. It says that on his knuckles? <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, boy. Poor Tom Hanks. He Poor did He Tom did everything Hanks. right. What did he do wrong? Yeah, but he didn't do everything right. See, because he's working all the time. Yeah, he worked too much. Yeah, if you're working all the time. Is that his son with the green hair and the neck tattoos in the lower right-hand corner? Uh, Click that's on the that. Green Day guy, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Is it? Uh, so I, I got the wrong Tommy Hilfiger's son. son. I oh, so to- you son of a bitch. Tommy Hilfiger's son has... Limo life. He's uh, a rapper as well. Oh, terrific. All you need is a neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And he's smoking cigarettes. Mm. Yeah. No, it's true. That kind of working too much. Jamie's but, racist. All white people are the same to him. Yeah, what's so up with did. you, man? <laughs> do we do me and Joe <laughs> Tommy the same Hilfiger, to you? Tom Hanks, same yeah. thing. Right. Same thing to Jamie. Uh, he's not that. Um, he's not that. Think what. Oh, he's jacked. Damn, he's good looking. Ham- handsome. He's probably getting all the pussy. Oh, Howard Stern had him. He's carrying what? two oh, guns. Oh, no. He feuds with Howard Stern. What? He threatens him. Hold on. Go to that site. Visit, please. What is that about? What is this? Tom, what? Scroll down. Scroll. We could read that. Tom, Tom Hanks, rapper son, feuds with Howard Stern, threatens violence. <gasps> Make that larger, please. Tom Hanks' rapper son Chester, a.k.a. Chet Hayes, oh, his name is Chet Hayes, took to Twitter to threaten radio shock jock Howard Stern this week after Stern questioned Hayes' Hayes gangsta credentials (laughs) as the son of a famous Hollywood celebrity. (laughs) Oh, my God. He joked that Tom Hanks must be annoyed that his son pretends to be a hardened rapper while he grew up in a Tony, California suburb. I always love that word, Tony. Tony. Only people use it for posh. Where'd he grow up? Beverly Hills? Stern joked. That's what a fucking douche. (laughs) (laughs) So what did he say? Um, What did he say? Hayes unleashed a torrent of tweets threatening violence, calling him a fucking jerry-curled cunt. What is he saying? Oh. Mm. He said, Howard Stern, give your sorry ass white yuppie fans some entertainment. Oh, you can't say white yuppie fans when you're a white yuppie. Yeah. And invite me up there. I promise I won't physically whoop your ass. After Stern apparently stopped responding to Hayes, he took the threats up a notch. Howie, do you have any idea how badly I am going to assault you when I see you? You can't run from me forever, forever, knock knees. Hayes then knocked Stern for not having... Much bread as his as family? much bread as much bread. Oh, as his family, despite despite the fact that according to Forbes, Stern is worth an estimated ninety five million. Ninety five. St- he gets five hundred million every two years. It's something crazy like that, right? Yeah. Howard Stern. It's a shame you don't hang the same circles as my family. Not enough bread for that. Cause C U Z. If you did, I would have already seen you tomorrow. T M Z or Gawker will write an article. About a b o i t this rant and all I gotta say is keep riding my dick, bitches. Aha! Uh-huh. Wow! Imagine if that was your kid. Imagine if that was your kid. Uh, I would God. choke him unconscious. I would. Yeah. I would fucking take him down. I would take his back and I would put him to sleep and then I'd take pictures of my dick on his forehead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd outline it. That's oh. inter- that's intervention time. Son of a bitch. When yeah. you, you're threatening the greatest radio personality in the history of the known universe because he said you, you're a fucking goof. Yeah. And what do you do? You act like a fucking goof. God damn it. 
Maybe he is you. a badass. I will assault you so hard. But think about it. Why can't a rich guy be a badass? He maybe he is violent. Maybe he's a little fucking nuts. He likes guns. I I've never heard his rap. Do we have any of his rap available? Well, there are, I'm sure, rich guys who grow up rich who severely overcompensate because they feel like they live in this soft environment. Right. So they fucking go to CrossFit every day and yeah. take jujitsu and become a hard ass. Yeah. I don't think he's on that list. No. I don't I think, think Tom Hanks was beating his ass at night. I just don't I just think what he's doing is just trying to be hard. Yeah. And trying to respond to Howard Stern calling him out about that. It's just like, come on, kid. Like did was your dad not around like can you call him and talk to him about it? He would <laughs> he would say, What the fuck are you gonna say? Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. How old is he? If he's under 23, I'll give him a pass. It's almost like Gotti's son. Remember Gotti's, Gotti's son was always trying to be a badass. Well, Gotti's son was a criminal. Yeah. Though, I mean, he was in the family. He was right. in the family business. I guess it's different with the, with yeah. the uh, mafia. Well, he's not like Dr. Dre's kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He's fucking Forrest Gump's kid. <laughs> no disrespect, Tom Hanks. I'm a big fan. I love Gene the Green Mile. He's a great. I mean, he's a great actor. He's the best actor. He's a great actor, and he, a, a lo- uh, by all accounts, a lovely person. Yes. I don't know if he did his job or not. I mean, I'm just talking shit about him not being around. But I just got to assume that if you're doing that many movies, you're not around. It's hard, and producing hard to be. Doesn't he? Doesn't he have a studio also? I don't know. I think he's got his hand in a studio as well. That's always amazing to me. It's like you're being handed literally. If you're Tom Hanks, you're the first guy that gets offered every script that's in your age range that right. comes along. What are you going to fucking produce also? What are you going to take on the headache of producing movies? Maybe he enjoys it. But what about enjoying hanging out with your family a little bit? I got weirded out with him when he started doing those movies about like the fucking secret biblical fucking code. The Da Vinci Code? Yeah, I was like, did you read these scripts? Yeah, that was bad. These are terrible movies. You're goddamn yeah. Tom Hanks. It was a bad book. How's a, how's a bad book going to become a good movie? They were just so clunky. Yeah. I was like, I, this is like, seems to me like something someone does when they don't have anything else to do. And the guy who wrote the book, Dan something. Brown. Dan Brown. He, I think, had a hand in the movie. Mm. So he, whatever chance it had of upgrading was destroyed. Well, I don't think they wanted to upgrade. I think it's like, I mean, did they want to upgrade the fucking, what is the, the vampire movie that the girls like? Where the vampires allowed to live in the day, Twilight. They're not mm. trying to upgrade Twilight, right? They wanted to give them they what made did, it though. popular. Yeah, but I think they kind of did. Are you a secret Twilight fan? I fuck. Well, I got a daughter. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen them, and they're fucking great. They're How just really you? well done. They're oh really well my done. God, <laughs> Simmons, you're getting emotional. I can see the milk coming out of your nipples while you're sitting yeah. here. It's ridiculous. Dude, I just took her to see uh, the Beach Boys last weekend. Oh my God, the was, real Beach Boys. Well, it was Brian Wilson, and it was they're um, alive. Didn't one of them die recently? Um, I think one of the brothers might have died, but it was uh, Al um, Jardine who founded the Beach Boys with Brian Wilson. And then they had a couple other... Then they had Al Jardine's son who couldn't hit the fucking notes now. His son is a badass singer. But it was just fucking great. They played the entire Pet Sounds album song by song. Oh, wow. And then they played all the hits. And it was just... Me and my daughter just had such a fucking blast because she has... She's 14 and she loves fucking 
like the mamas and the papas and oh, wow. the almond brothers and oh, pearl jam and wow. she's got amazing taste and she and she's a surfer she's been surfing for five years like three days a week wow and the beach boys are her favorite so, and pet sounds is her favorite album so that was my birthday present was two tickets and i brought her and uh she was singing every fucking word and we were laughing we had a contest about every time you see a hawaiian shirt you get to punch the other person in the arm if you see a, a bald guy with a pony Ponytail, that's two punches. <laughs> Open toed sandals with the Hawaiian shirt and the ponytail was three punches. So she must have beat the fuck out of she you. She fucking nailed me. Because I got bad eyes. She was spotting these guys from 100 yards away, wailing on me. And, what a uh, psychotic game. Yeah. At a fucking Beach Boys concert, you can yeah. get beaten to death. Yeah, right. So Kinnison had a bit about the Beach Boys in the fucking 80s. He had a, be- a bit about the Beach Boys phoning it in in the 80s. Oh, yeah. He goes, you can tell they're just looking at their watch. Right. Wish they all could right. be California girl. Right, right. I'll tell you what, though. Fucking gives you goosebumps when you hear it. Really? It really, because you, well, you realize he's not going to be doing this much longer. Right. And, uh, you know, I feel that way when I see the Stones. The Stones I want to see the Stones. a great fucking show. Where'd you see the Stones? I saw them in Giant Stadium, and then I saw them at the Staples Center. I heard Mick Jagger is uh, very frugal. That's a nice That's way of putting it. That's what I heard. Yeah. Like, how could you be? Yeah. He's got to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. He's still performing all over the world. All right. Just saving that cash. That's right. He's putting it away for a rainy day. Well, he's got a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of wives. That's right. He's got a bunch of baby mamas, yeah. right? But still, <clears throat> the money, crazy money. He's got a recent one. Does he? Knocked, he? Yeah, he knocked a chick up a couple of years ago. <sighs> Mick. She's hot, too. I think she's Brazilian, and I think she's like 28 or something like that. And how old is he, 75? I feel like she's a ballerina. I feel like she's a ballerina. So if he's 75, you're guaranteeing that this child will experience his father's death in the first 20 years of his life. Yeah, unless something really crazy happens, right. like technologically. Yeah. Like medical technology gets to some point where they can reverse aging. Which is uh, apparently when you talk to people who are like legitimate scientists about this, they're like, this is not outside the realm of possibility by any stretch of the imagination. Like within our lifetime, it is entirely possible that they figure out a way to stop the aging process dead in its tracks. Yeah. Well, Silicon Valley believes it. All those dudes mm. have got think tanks going for uh, cryogenically saving. Mm-hmm. Well, cryogenics, I would imagine, if you do it regularly, I bet That's that different. adds. You, you're talking about cryotherapy. Cryo- oh, right, cryogenics right. is actually freezing the body dead. Right, right, right. Yeah. But cryotherapy, <coughs> I would think, would add some, some time. Well, there's a company in Northern California that takes the blood of young people and injects it into the bodies of old people. And there's anecdotal research and research with mice that points to the fact that it's supposed to uh, radically improve behavior and energy in mice. And um, conversely, when they take the older mice's blood and they put it in a younger mouse, the younger mouse is like, what the fuck? The younger mouse starts acting like an old mouse. No shit. Yeah, and so we had... um, Eric Weinstein on the other day who works for Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel is that billionaire guy in Silicon Valley who uh, – he's the guy that funded that Hulk Hogan lawsuit against Gawker. 
that crushed Gawker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because they outed him, apparently. They outed him as being gay, and he was really pissed at them. They wrote some like really shitty articles about him. And he was like, all right, fuck you. How about I just use my money and crush you? Wow. And so he went after them. No shit. Yeah, apparently he's offering... The women who have accused Harvey Weinstein of sexual assault, he's offering each one of them $100,000 to go after him. Wow. Yeah. This guy, he's he's like, he's an interesting, very interesting character, but super rich, super smart, and doesn't give a fuck. And so the the rumor was that he was doing this therapy. But since I've, then, I've heard that that is not confirmed. Mm. What's that, Jamie? <coughs> yeah, Fetal Teal is not harvesting the blood of the young. Yeah. Yes. That's a good picture. Was it Elon Musk, though, trying to work on some kind of life longevity thing? Is he? He's probably working on everything, that fucker. Yeah. He makes me feel really stupid. He was at a comedy show once that I did. Oh, yeah? With that chick that he just dumped, Johnny Depp's old girlfriend. And uh, I got legitimately nervous. Legitimately that he was nervous. in the audience? That he was in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I have a bit about inventors. Yeah, I mean, a guy, like, I, as a comedian, and I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, in order for me to be able to get on stage in front of hundreds of people and and take the reins and go, all right, you hundreds of people are going to all shut the fuck up. I'm the funniest one of them. I, I merit you all being quiet for an hour. You have to do mind games with yourself sometimes, like, especially when you're starting out. And so you have to – sometimes if it's a gig I'm intimidated by, I'll think to myself, I'm smarter than everybody in this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm not, but I have to tell myself that. That's a ridiculous yeah. thing to think. And then it's so hard when you get up. And um, I remember I did a gig at this very hipster place in New York, and Johnny Depp was in the audience, and he was with some fucking model who looked like she was literally starving to death. <laughs> and everybody in the crowd was just in black and they were all hip and I really felt like and I said it on stage I go usually I just tell myself I'm better looking and I'm richer than everybody in the audience and tonight I realized I'm the poorest ugliest person here <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid thing to try to convince yourself I'm the best looking man alive Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Greg yeah. Fitzsimmons. Here I am. Bald. Here I am. Wrinkled. Short. <laughs> <laughs> Just shimmying on stage. But that's the mind game. That's the trick. It's like visualization. But why, you, but why, why that trick? Like you're supposed Because I get scared. I get intimidated. Uh, Not anymore, but when I was starting out, I used to all the time. Well, when I come back and I look at like starting out, when you and I both started out, we were both like 21. What the fuck does a 21-year-old have to say about anything? Yeah. We're so dumb. I know. Like, I imagine myself today going on stage at 21, like being in the room, watching myself going on stage at 21, and just thinking, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you don't know anything about life. Yeah. You're basically fresh out of high school, Mm -hmm. just paying your own bills for like a couple of years. Yeah. And here you are talking into a microphone. We're grown adults. Like... I went on stage exactly 16 days after it was legal for me to drink. Yeah. And you got middle-aged people that have real jobs. Mortgages. Mortgages. Guys who got back from the war. People with college degrees, master's degrees. People who have pulled people out of burning buildings. People who have lost friends in gunfights. Widows. Yeah. 
21 year old talking to a widow trying to make him laugh. Fucking idiot I was. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, but there's no other way to do it. Like Dane Cook said this once, and it was a very uh, insightful thing. He was like, if I had to do it again, like if I had to start comedy again, I really don't think I could do it. He's like, it was just, it's so overwhelming, the idea of starting again, mm. like 10 years in, you know? Yeah, but that's kind of what we've done with podcasting. We start over again. Yeah. I mean, we had momentum because mm. we had been in entertainment, but I feel like it was the healthiest thing in the world, the podcast, for me, because, you know, would have been all these years we're doing stand up, and you get to a certain point where. I always think of it as like your bottom and your top rise over the years. They should. They should continue. Like the worst bomb you're going to have now is so much higher than the worst bomb you would have had five years ago, 10 years ago, oh, yeah. 20 years For ago. Sure. And so you do need to challenge yourself. And like with the podcast, it's a whole different rhythm. And you're not, you're not getting immediate feedback. And, and plus it's a business. You got to build it. You got to get your equipment and you got to, you know, sell ads and all that shit. And it was like, for me, it was really good. It woke me up again. Like, oh yeah, I got, it gave me confidence that I could do something new. That's interesting because you were already doing the radio show. Right. <clears throat> well, I did the podcast about a year after I started the radio show. How long have you been doing the podcast? Like eight or nine years. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think of it at all that way. I mm. thought of the podcast as just fun. Yeah. Just something to do for a goof. And I did it for years, like irregularly, before I ever wound up committing to it. But like every few weeks and then yeah, a couple like in a do row? Yeah, it in the green room. We would do it in the green room. Mm. Joey Diaz would always get mad. Shut that fucking thing off. <laughs> You guys are always fucking online. You're fucking around online. Shut it off, Joe Rogan. He would get mad. I'd be like, people like it. <laughs> you waste your fucking time on the internet. Yeah. I was Meanwhile, relentless. That's like the biggest part of his life. Now. I know. His podcast is gigantic for him. Yeah. Yeah. I just did it the other night. He was so high. <laughs> he, he fucking gave me the... He, he, I, I forgot where his studio was, so I said, send me the address again. So he sends me the address. I fucking pull up on this dark road, and I go to... I go, oh, he must have suck, fucking switched his studio or something, because this isn't the old one. So I go, oh, what the fuck? It's a house. I guess he's doing it in the back of his house. I fucking ring the doorbell. It's his house. He was so high, he gave me his fucking home address instead of the studio. <laughs> I'm texting him. I'm out front. Dog, Where I don't you? see you out front. I'm looking. The fucking street's empty, Greg Fitzsimmons. <laughs> and I walk in, and he's chewing down those, what are they, Black Star something? Oh, God. He's got a bong going. He's had mushrooms. Lee Syatt is sitting there. His eyes are shut. Lee. They, his eyes are shut. I don't Lee know how he sees the equipment. It. I don't know how he does it. Lee, cause Lee can't handle it. You could look in his eyes sometimes. Like, I've been on this show before, and when someone says something... I always feel like we're having a conversation. Right. Someone says something, I go, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And then we're having a, a talk. But if you say, like, Lee said something, I go, what does that mean? And he was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's him locked up. Like, Ugh. It's just way too high to have this yeah. conversation. He was talking about how, to, he was like, it seems like audio is the thing of the future. I go, what? What do you mean? And he goes, well, it just seems like people, like, they're always on their phones while they're on TV or they're watching a movie. They're talking on their phone or they're, or they're looking through their phone or they're listening to things while they're doing other things. I go, what? I go, you, wait a minute, you're, you're listening to things while you're watching TV? You're wa what? Who the fuck was playing with their phone while they're watching TV? And he's like, 
You can see the fucking paranoia wash over him like a tidal wave. I'm like, I gotta leave this poor guy alone. Well, because He's too high. Joey makes him do everything he does. <laughs> Not only does Joey do that, Joey swaps edibles on him. Like, Lee, try this. It's only 50 milligrams. And he'll take a 500 milligram pot and he'll put it in the wrapper of a 50 and twist it back up. Eat this. It's mild. It's mild. I have four of them. And so he gives him enough yeah. to make you reconsider your existence yeah. in the universe. While he's running the soundboard. And he doesn't yeah. fuck up. He's no. a good engineer. He's very good. Yeah. 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 It's like, I don't know if it's healthy to be around joey all the time like that like it can be really dangerous well also joey's so good to him you know yeah. they just have like a very very unique relationship man yeah. i mean that that's a that's a goddamn show that relationship right there because mm. joey's like a father figure to him kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah in some insane way yeah, yeah joey's a sweetheart if, as long as you're on his side yeah but the worst place in the world is a guy who's against joey right like joey is what the worst i've seen like god joey have feuds with people mm. it is a horrible thing to watch yeah you know like because he's so passionate about his friendship with people that when someone turns on him like he's the as as loving and as friendly and as warm as he is like you know how he is like when he sees you it's all hugs and you know he calls you up he calls you Greg Fitzsimmons what's going on yeah baby? that's it he's you're one of there, you guys are suck your dick yeah. I know what you're doing dog you know and like yeah. he loves you like yeah. I love Joey like I mean he's my family like a hundred percent but if you turn on him. Man, it's a fucking horrific. I've seen him go after people. It's really? scary. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. He's so, like, it's, he's Cuban. Yeah. You right. know, and, you know, he came up, for, he had a really fucked up situation going, growing up. His He found his mom dead when he was 13. He was mm. on acid. Yeah. I mean, it's like he was raised by his friend's family. And he was sucking a tit that night, too. Was he? Yeah, he was sucking some girl's tit on acid. And oh, he wow. found his mom dead. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What was some symbolism in that, huh? Oh, remember when sucking a tit was like, oh. this is as good as it gets. I don't need anything better than this. It's still, it's still. My wife, <laughs> thank God, I could not have married a woman that didn't have nice tits. Oh, there's and, a lot of women out there with little tits that are angry at you right now. Sorry, you're not real women. <gasps> I'm kidding. Jesus, I'm kidding. But I bitch. couldn't have married one. Wow. I, I respect you and I'll hang out with you. I'll let you into my shows. Wow. But I'm not going to marry you. I'll let you into my shows. <laughs> <laughs> if you get out of the itty bitty titty committee early and you want to go see a comedy show. Wow. No, I, 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 look, I respect all women. I just think I Do really. Do you all of them? What about mean ones that kill people? You respect I respect them? them even more. <laughs> they're fighting back. They're me, they're me tooing out there. Huh? You didn't hear about the hashtag me too? No. You're going to love this, Joe Rogan. Oh, um, there's a thing now, because of Harvey Weinstein, there's a hashtag oh, I did, that, I have women, seen that women that have been sexually harassed pound sign Me Too on their social media. Jesus Christ. And the, and, you well, know, sexually harassed? I would say it's probably 100%. It, yeah, because it's a murky definition. Right. You know? I mean, some of the stories that you hear, and I, look, this Harvey Weinstein thing is atrocious. And guys that are like that are the reason why guys like us have to watch what we say. All the sensitivity that we've been talking about is because of a few, not a few assholes, there's a lot of assholes. But 
And it's not just, I mean, we're not talking about a person trying to get laid. We're talking about a person who is holding employment over people. Right. Power. And did you see the TMZ thing where TMZ, they were describing the nature of his contract, that he had sexual assault and and, uh, sexual harassment, lawsuits, written into the contract like yeah, how like much he would be fined yeah how much he would be fined and for one one uh, one um uh, person saying it it was a certain amount of money for <clears throat> two allegations oh no shit it was more for three it was like he was like 100,000 250 750 a million wow yeah he had it written in like caps on how much he should <laughs> have to pay no like how much they would pay him like here or how much he would have to pay According to the contract, if Weinstein treated someone improperly in violation of the company's code of, con- of conduct, he must reimburse TWC for the settlements or judgments. Additionally, you, Weinstein, will pay the company liquidated damages of $250,000 for the first such instance, $500,000 for the second such instance, seven fifty dollars for the third, and a million for each additional instance. Wow. To just imagine... That they wrote this in. They're complicit. They're all complicit. There's another provision. Uh, he can be fired for the perpetu- whoa, perpetuation. Have you ever read? Perpetuation? Perpetuation? That's a weird word. Yeah, it is. Perpetuation by you, uh, Weinstein, of a material fraud against the company. Okay, what does that mean? The question, where's the fraud? Lance Maroff, a board member who negotiated the Weinstein 2015 contract, said in an interview, and we've confirmed the board knew Weinstein had settled prior lawsuits brought by various women, but they assumed it was to cover up consensual affairs. Sure it was. The board's assumption does not constitute fraud on Weinstein's part. Mm. <clears throat> Scroll up. Let's keep going. More surprisingly is how TWC fired Weinstein supposed. Weinstein? No. Weinstein. Supposedly without giving a specific reason, which could potentially violate the terms of the contract. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Here's the kicker. Even if Weinstein had committed fraud by not fully informing the board of directors, the contract says before he can be fired, he has the right to mediation. If that doesn't work, he's entitled to arbitration. He got neither. He was summarily fired, and sources connected with Weinstein tell TMZ he was never given a specific reason. Wow. Well, he's fighting it. Yeah. I love that. Oh. Where do you get the balls to fight back right now? <clears throat> I guess he feels like it's the only way to tr- sort of reclaim some ground. Yeah. I mean, is that a way to look at it? Well, that's that mentality. And, you know, at that level, the power brokers that run Hollywood, you yeah. know, they're all fucking it's Trump is like that, too. It's all aggression. It's all come at you when you come at them. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a crazy position to be in, to be the head of Miramax. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it's the biggest. It's one of the biggest. Right. What's the biggest? <coughs> What's, I don't know. What is the biggest studio? If it's not Miramax, it's one Universal, of the other one. Universal, maybe? Miramax. So at the very least, he's responsible for some of the most iconic movies ever. Yeah. So Certainly the most Oscars of any studio in the last 20 years. So everyone's kissing his ass. Yeah. Massive amounts of power and this influence over people, like royalty, right? Mm. Barks, they all come, you know, everybody's at his whim constantly. Mm. And then... 
tries to fuck all these starlets. Like if he had just stuck with like prostitutes, it probably still would come out. But it wouldn't come out the same way. It wouldn't have come out. You don't think so? Well, think about the fact that they covered up sexual assault on, it sounds like, a weekly basis. I mean, this, this story broke, what, five days ago? Something like that. And there's already so many women that have come out. And now you've got a bounty on more women to come out. Like somebody, I think that somebody else is offering a certain amount of money for every woman that comes out against him. Jesus. So it's going to be like Cosby all over again. And you think about... But, the, Con, but, but Cosby was drugging and raping right. women. No, but I just mean in it's terms like of how frequently. Step, another step more evil, though. Right. I'm just talking about like the frequency of it and, and the complicity of people that set up the meetings, yeah. covered up the lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Gave the women work after the meetings. You know, a lot of them got script deals, got roles in movies because let's, a lot of them didn't walk out of the room. A lot of them gave them the back rub or whatever else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was what Whitney was talking about the other day. Whitney Cummings was telling me, her and one of her friends, uh, who's an actress, I did their show at the Largo the other night. And they were in the, the green room and they were talking about how many women literally wrote into their contract, like not wrote into it, but there was an agreement that they would fuck him to get like editors cut. They would fuck him to get more lines. They what? Would fu- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Girls like prominent actresses had sex with him to ensure that they got big roles. This was written down? Some of it was agreed upon. I don't know if they wrote it, but these things were agreed upon. Whoa. And that he always kept his end of the bargain. He was no known shit. he was known for hooking them up. Wow. It was part of how he got this whole thing to work. Which means every director and editor that kept those lines in knew because editors all the time are chop, you chop out whole scenes because they don't work. Yeah, so, but that's only that's like say, like when did it happen? Did it happen before the film was shot? Like mm-hmm. he would give them final cut, like he would allow them to you know to be in the editing room, or was it like I, I will give you the choice part, mm-hmm. whatever it was, like some sneaky deal? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, who knows how he said it? Who knows how they did it? Yeah, but. The idea that all these actors are coming out, like, I have no idea. can't believe it. I'm so horrified. How do you not know that? I'm a road comic, and I knew about it. Yeah. I'm not in the middle of Hollywood. Yeah. I've known about it for 15 years. What did you know? I knew that he was a casting couch guy. Everybody knew that he was this sleazy, fat... I always would joke about how, like, I think he makes himself less attractive, because it's more of a power trip for him. It's more to, fun. Yeah. Yeah, to have his fat gut resting on their forehead while yeah. he shoots a load in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got the part. Yeah. Next. Do, does some blow. Right. Doesn't wash on purpose. Yeah, has his balls just stink like locker rooms. Yeah, it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing that that's, that went on for forever in this in this industry. Not this industry. The, music, the movie industry. The music industry as well. Sturgill Simpson was telling me some story about some guy who's a, a known pederast who is like there's a, he's in a similar position in the music business and like people know like you you can't have like young boys around this guy wow and that he's some big time powerful guy he told me the guy's name i literally can't tell you who the fuck it was but he was saying like man there's there are people in the music business that are in this exact same situation like they fuck people to have them move on and move up and move forward especially back when radio was a big deal yeah. right 
radio and record sales were inexorably connected. You could not sell records unless you get on the radio. The only band that, that managed to move through that was Kiss. Kiss was oh, yeah? rarely on the radio. Huh. They were rarely on the radio. But KISS had such a loyal following, and they put together such an amazing show, a live show, that they were selling millions of albums and got almost no radio time. No, and no then kidding. Selling out arenas, almost yeah. no radio. And they were, like, mocked like, yeah. relentlessly by people who really loved rock. Yeah, I never liked KISS, but I respect what they've done. I loved KISS. Really? Oh, yeah, when I was a kid. <clears throat> I loved them. How many songs, though, did they really have Tons. that were good? Shitloads. Depends on if you like that kind of music. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's like if I compare it to Led Zeppelin, mm. like in, in terms of like, like the the style of music, the depth of the composition of the music and the lyrics, and you know, like they don't have anything that's like a whole lot of love or anything like mm. that. You know, I mean, there's like there's certain songs that are just on another level. You know, they don't have any of those. Yeah. But they have fun songs. You know, they're a live band. Yeah. They have great live shows. Yeah, the live shows are great, but and then some of their some of their songs, like Beth, is a good song. They have a bunch of good songs that are like uncharacteristic, you know, for like what you would think of when you think about Kiss. Yeah, but you know, they had like the style of music. It was like a fun party rock and roll. Ah, wanna rock and roll all mm-hmm. night and party every day. Down, down. Right, I I think that the couple songs I know of theirs I like, but when you think about the phenomenon that is Kiss, they really don't have the songs to support it. Like I feel like the same way. I'm going to get shit about saying this. Aerosmith. Aerosmith has like three of the greatest rock songs of all time. Like literally, my top fifty rock songs. Let me hear. Three of them are Aerosmith. Walk this way. Dream on. Dream on. And uh, Mama Ken. No. Sweet emotions. Sweet emotions. Those jam. three are my top in my top fifty, and then it ends. Then you got love in the elevator and all this shit that makes me go like, <sighs> I got to delete my files on this on these clowns. <laughs> well, you know what happened to them? Movies. They started doing those movie anthems. Yeah, should never do those movie anthems. They did those like Armageddon soundtrack type things. Yeah, where you know like just middle of the road popcorn music for Mm -hmm. a stupid blockbuster film they started trying to figure out what the audience wanted and giving it to them instead (laughs) of being themselves i don't know i mean for whatever it is it's like you have two different schools of thought in that band you have joe perry who i know who's a great guy who doesn't give a fuck about fame Mm. joe perry's like a guy from boston who's just a badass guitarist who loves making rock and roll yeah he's awesome and then you got um, what's his Steven name? Tyler. Steven Tyler, who likes being famous. Yeah. And he likes doing, like, what is he on? America's Got Talent or one of those? Which one of those is he on? Yeah. I think he did American Idol for yeah. one season. Long, is it just one season? I think so. But that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Robert Plant doing American Idol? Well, I could imagine Mick Jagger doing something like that, and Keith Richards. Just Keith Richards checks. is like the, uh, what's that? Just to bank checks. Just to bank checks. But I think Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have a similar kind of situation. Mick right. wanted to be famous. Keith is just a badass rocker. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Huh. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be famous if that's what you're into. Mm. But when the music suffers or the music changes, you know? Yeah. We go from sweet emotions to some like nonsensical moron ballad that literally like 
it it may, it hurts your feelings. Yeah. You listen to some of those ballads and you're just like, oh. right. Billy Joel's like that. Mm-hmm. He's got some of the greatest fucking songs. Remember last time we shot pool, we listened to a few Billy Joel songs. Yeah. And then you've got Uptown Girl. I've got a Billy Joel theory. I've talked about it in the so podcast. And you just so angry about it. I know it. exactly what happened. Christy Brinkley. Yeah? Too hot. Yeah. Ugly little guy from Long Island. All of a sudden, he's banging this supermodel. <laughs> that bitch is hot today. And she's like 80. Yeah, right. She's hot as fuck. Yeah. She's like the hottest 64-year-old woman on the planet. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of her? I just played, I bowled with her recently. Shut up. Yep. No, you know, look, see, that's when they were together. That's yeah. when he lost his marbles. Yeah. That's when it was She was all in the lane next girl. to me. She looks fucking beautiful. So, where was this? Venice. She bowls in Venice? Yeah. Isn't that crazy that she's in her 60s? Yeah. Like, you would bang her, right? Would you bang fuck a him just because he fucked her. You fuck him because he fucked her. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But do you think I would? I would worry that she would break. Because she's sixty four. Yeah, you'd send it home and hear it cracking in her hips. Is that oh, her? Look yeah. at that in the water. Yeah. How's that possible? How does she look so hot? And so many women fall oh, apart. Oh no, I, I didn't see Chrissy Brinkley. You didn't? I saw Cindy Crawford. I bowled. You next son to Cindy of a Crawford. bitch. <laughs> you just like Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look at her butt her. oh that's not her i was like that's insane that might be your daughter though oh it is her daughter whoa lesbian nice it up no they're hugging son of a bitch in bikinis yeah where's her butt oh come on that's a little that's so a little she hides sexy her butt. see that's the thing i did, i don't think you can have a nice 64 year old ass i think it's, yeah every picture is like from the front and notice the bent leg to kind of hide any mm-hmm. kind of well they all do that it's I like don't know. It she looks pretty good. Hot as fuck, right? But look, you don't see her butt. G- Google Christy Brinkley's butt. <laughs> Listen, you're objectifying women. No, no, I'm just trying to. I'm doing a, an anatomical survey or something. Something. Is that oh, her? that's a famous shot. Yeah, but that's like from that's the her 80s. Sports Illustrated shot. Christy Brinkley's butt. Butt at sixty. I have 2017 on it. <clears throat> Well, either way, she's done a remarkable job of staying attractive. Very proud of And I, I guess what that is is just constant effort, right? And maybe some surgery. But at the very least... A lot least, of DNA involved, too. Right. Must be. Yeah. Yeah. But constant effort, right? Like constant gym time, watching the diet, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah. that stuff. A lot of water. Yeah. Great... You know, and also they have... They get all the best skincare products. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the business, you know? That's her business. It's it, what's super shocking is when a woman was like just smoking hot, and then she just lets it go. Just lets it go, like Kathleen Turner. You ever seen yeah. Kathleen Turner today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she could be Joey Diaz's stunt double. Would you have sex with her just to say you had sex with Kathleen Turner, though? What do you think? No. No. Look at that picture. Wow, dude. She was fucking smoking. Yeah, she had that voice. But I feel like there's a health issue. Like, she's so big, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, a lot of times, um, you know, they have to take a steroid for something, and Mm. they blow up from the steroid. Oh, Jesus, is that real? Make that bigger. See, I I think it's probably alcohol, too. Mm. When you see someone that big, it's like, boy, you have to eat a lot of food to stay that big. Yeah. Unless you're boozing it. Like, I know this lady, she works out all the time, but she boozes all the time. 
Maybe and she just can't. Her legs are always like just thick. And yeah. Weird. Yeah. Booze like will fuck you. Yeah. Oh, the fucking empty calories and booze. Yeah. For people who drink like every day, those everyday drinkers, man, that's a that's a fucking. It's a and hard once you're road. drunk, you, you're not a real health nut about what you eat. No. Pizza and fucking. And then when you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit. So yeah. You just eat more shit. Yeah. Oh. Some people, I don't know, maybe Kathleen Turner, maybe she made so much money and her natural body is big and she just went, fuck it. I'm going to enjoy my life and not suffer like Kathleen, like um, Christy Brinkley. That sounds like something a woman who got really big would say. <laughs> no one's natural body's overweight. That's just not... That, like, if you're doing that, it's because you're eating the wrong food, mm. you're not exercising, you're definitely overeating, and you're most likely drinking. Like, that's that's not someone who's thick. That's, yeah. you know, that's a obese woman. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's look at her. Dude, she was hot as yeah. fuck. Whoa, she was hot. Was that movie Body Heat with her and, uh, was that Jeff Bridges or William Hurt? from Romancing the Stone. Oh, that was like a rip-off of Indiana Jones, right? With Michael Douglas? So, yeah. yeah, that was like Michael Douglas was like the Indiana Jones character, but it was kind of like a semi-comedy. Romancing the Stone. Yeah, it was like he was the archaeologist. God, it was hard, hard to remember. Boy, they made a lot of shitty movies back then. Yeah, <laughs> Romancing the Stone. <laughs> Trying to go back and watch those things, you'd be like, what? I know, they were so dated. You ever see Working Girl? Lately, what's that? It was uh, Melanie Griffith, and she played a girl from Staten Island who, like, is a secretary at a, is it a law firm, and she's a paralegal or something. No, maybe an ad agency. Look at her! Look at her hair. <laughs> yes. Wow. No, that's not her. That's um, Melanie Griffith. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know who else has got the big hair in this movie is um, jo- uh, Joan. Joan. Uh, Joan Cusack. Yeah, oh, there wow. she is. Yeah. <laughs> so they're supposed to be like girls from Long Island or something? Yeah, and they're working at the fancy Manhattan office, but they're oh, like the gum-chewing, cigarette-smoking, yeah. like... That's real. And then she uh, she she bluffs her way up. Oh. She, it's a great fucking movie, but it's so... The fashion and the hair is hysterical. Sigourney Weaver. She was hot yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Back in the alien days. Right. She was so hot. It's a rough world, man. Look at Harrison Ford, handsome bastard. It's weird that we're watching these people age to like d- the point of decay right in front of us because that really wasn't a thing until about 50 years ago. Like what? if you really stop, you never got to see that. You never got to see oh, someone yeah. age in front yeah. of you like that. Right. Like until I mean, 50 years, maybe? No, maybe a little bit more. Maybe Let's get generous. 70, 80 years. Like, this is a new cultural phenomena to have visual evidence of decay that you go over with a fine-tooth comb. And never like this, where I could say, hey, pull that shit up, Jamie. Yeah. Let's take a look at Kathleen Turner when she was young. Woo! Oh, yeah. I'm sure if you pulled up before or after pictures, they're already smashed together in some photos. Oh, for sure. And it's like, no, you look at, like, Betty Davis. She got to a certain age, and then she just went... Okay, I'll be in my mansion. Lock it up behind me. I'll mm. see you at my funeral. Yeah. They just crawled out of the way like a pigeon that got injured. Or Elizabeth Taylor. She just kept marrying new gay guys. <laughs> 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 Some new, obviously, gay guy. She's yeah. like, does she, does she know? Like, what? 
fuck's happening? She was like 70. They were like 45-year-old gay guys. Yeah. Whoa, look at that. Wow. 1983 Smirnoff with Betty Davis, an ad. Oh, Jim Beam. Two of a kind of originals. Why did I say? Oh, Smirnoff vodka ad. Wow. Who was that? The other one. Diane. What is her name? Where it says in the ad, right there. Oh, I think that's 83 I, Smirnoff Vodka ad. What's the woman's name? Ad. Diane Carroll. I don't know. Who's Diane Carroll? What a weird way to spell Diane. D-I-A-H-A-N-N. Maybe she's a photographer. Maybe she's a lot of work. She likes to change the spelling of her name to be crafty. There's a lot of Dianes. D-I-A-N-E. I'm not a lot of women. I'm very different. And you get mad when you correct people. Yes. It's D-I-H-A-N. Yeah, if you, N. like, read it out. Um, Diane! My yeah. name is Diane! Well, why don't you spell it Diane? Crazy bitch. It's a phonetic language. Yeah. Who? That's Diane Carroll. Oh, there she is. Dynasty. Oh, from Dynasty? There's a new Dynasty, apparently. Oh, good. There's an ad. It's hilarious. It's, it's, it's a billboard. And in the billboard, there's like uh, this guy and a couple pretty women behind him. And one of the pretty women has her tongue out like this, like, <laughs> like showing you a little of her tongue. That's something that, unless you're a rock star, men just don't do. Like men never take a picture, try to look sexy, and go like this. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, look, look at her tongue. Oh, yeah. Look at that fucking picture. Like what is it? First of all, it's on the CW, which uh, I don't even know if I have. This direct- <laughs> There's certain channels like I didn't even know I don't have epics. Direct TV doesn't have epics because hmm. I tried to watch someone special on epics and I was like, oh, I don't even have that fucking thing. See that one bitch is pulling the other bitch's hair <gasps> with her, her tongue out. Tongue out, like yeah. Even when I'm violent, I stick my tongue out to, yeah. to lick the tip of dicks. Like what is that? Like who told her to stick her tongue out like that? Yeah, baby, perfect, perfect. I like it. What if they didn't? What if they photoshopped her tongue out there and she got the photos? She's like, what the fuck is this stupid yeah, shit? Yeah. Why do I have my tongue out? This well, is the, the editor made a choice, an artistic choice. This is the new, like, kiss kiss face, the selfie face. What was the one you just pulled up? That gay picture you just pulled up. Oh, there's a bunch of guys? Oh, the guys are fighting? That black guy's going to kick that white guy's ass while we're pretending he's not. You know? Yeah, that, he's eyeballing them. That white, black guy's going to fuck that white guy up. I can tell by looking at their faces. <laughs> Right, that's true. Do you find that with MMA? You can you can tell no. from the weigh-ins and all that. Nope. Who's got an edge? You definitely can't. No. You think you can? You're often wrong. Yeah, you can't. You can't tell. There's a lot of guys that look like doughboys, and but they can fight. Yeah. They just know how to fight, and it's also they know how to endure. Sometimes guys, when they don't look physically impressive, have had to deal with so many people fucking with them their whole life that they develop this sort of like werewolf personality yeah like where they can just go oh yeah motherfucker and then they just keep coming they keep coming at you and they just never they they never get discouraged yeah and those guys like a lot of times guys are not physically gifted they have incredible work ethic because they have to because that's the only way they can compete and so they like they'll slowly break guys down just with toughness mm-hmm. the problem with those guys is they take a extreme beating in right, their career, right? And it's not sustainable. And then one day they run into a guy who has both. Like, see, there's discipline and there's talent. And a lot of times, talented people don't have discipline. And you know, you just wish they did because then they'd be the greatest ever. 
well, the greatest ever are the guys with talent and discipline, mm-hmm. like Anderson Silva or someone like that. Like talented, but also like physically superior, just moves faster, mm-hmm. and then also works incredibly hard. Right. And then also can perform under pressure and knows how to come back from behind, like knows how to knows how to turn around when he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, that's the third aspect. Is yeah. psych- you have to have the psychological... You have to be able to take it. You have to be able yeah. to be the hammer or the nail. Right. You got to be able to be the nail. A yeah. lot of guys can't be the nail. They start getting hit on. They're like, fuck this. I got to get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. And some guys are great and they're like that. Some So there's some great fighters that just can't take a beating. Yeah. It's very strange. Mm. Fighting is the, the weirdest of all like sports because it's not really a sport. I mean, it kind of is. It's an athletic endeavor, but it's so much more emotional and tense than just a regular sport like calling it a sport you mm-hmm. know it's just there's so much more to it it's more personal you taking off to the bathroom jamie I got can't handle it jamie can't handle it now we don't get to see him sneak around behind you anymore we have a new setup yeah you should have a camera in the bathroom like jamie's camera? yeah you can get sued for that you get in trouble you? yeah you ever hear about chuck barry yes yeah. that's what i was gonna say <laughs> Dude, that came out. That was another thing. I knew. I had heard rumors. And again, am I in the fucking music industry? I had heard rumors that Chuck Berry had hours and hours of uh, footage of women pissing and shitting and that he had cameras hidden in the toilet seats (laughs) of his restaurant in Illinois. I knew this shit for years. And then all of a sudden it came out in the news and there was a class action lawsuit. That I believe he lost. I should say. I should say all of this with supposedly. Allegedly, so I don't get sued. Allegedly. Well, he's dead. You can get away with that. Oh, now. is he dead? Yeah, but fuck but him. I mean, it's amazing that th- this shit is out there. Bill Cosby. I knew that Bill Cosby yes. was molesting women. So did you? Yes. We, I knew it because when I was on the set of news radio, people knew him from whatever thing, and that was always the thing that Bill Cosby drugs women. Yeah. And I'd heard it like, what? He does? Yeah. Like, it was always some weird thing. I never met him, but I, I don't even think I knew someone who had been around him. I think it was just like one of those things where people just knew. Yeah. You just knew, like, that Michael Jackson was probably diddling kids. We knew it because we knew, uh, well, well that's a thing that's coming out. Who did we know? Did we know somebody? Yeah. Who did we know? We knew somebody who was sent a boy to the uh, ranch. What? Who's we? I don't want to say on the air who it is. Somebody in the industry. But when you say we knew, like who's we? You and I. Me? Yeah. I did not know someone who sent a boy to the unless I didn't know that they sent a boy to the ranch. Maybe you didn't know. You didn't know. I'll tell you off the air. Jesus Christ. What about all these people that are listening to suspense right now? I know. I know. I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Son of a bitch. Now you're making me think. All these people out there don't know. (laughs) They're all hanging. They're all hanging on a thread. Like, who was it? Yeah. Well, I think it's one of the reasons why we like really good stuff, too, right? Because we can't imagine being able to do that. Right. Like, when you see someone who's, like, playing, like, you see, like, Gary Clark Jr. or something playing guitar on stage, mesmerizing. Yeah, right. like, God damn, that guy's good. Right. Like, holy shit. You know, there's something about watching someone who's mesmerizing that's equally captivating as watching someone who's awful. Yeah, look at, um, what's his name from Queen? 
Freddie Mercury? Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy fucking went for it. Woo! He went for it back in the day when no one even knew he was gay, yeah. right? They didn't yeah. understand, like, what a gay front man was. Right. Like, now, you could be a gay front man now. Like, Elton John is openly gay. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows it. And he goes out there and sings, and everybody goes nuts. And Yeah. Back then, you couldn't. Back then, he fucking... Wembley Stadium with a yeah. mustache sticking out and a leather vest. And... We are the champions. Yeah. But you got to think, he must have gone that big. When they were playing bars and saloons on their way up, he must have been going big oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has where to. it probably looked ridiculous, yeah. but certain people got it. Well, he's so good yeah. that even when he was doing those bars, people must have heard that voice and went, holy shit, listen yeah. to this guy. Right. Because he could carry a fucking note. Look at that picture yeah. of him there. That's not even him. That's from the movie that they're making about him. Oh, really? really? Yeah. That's not him? No. Wow, that guy looks amazingly like him. Yeah. Oh, I Holy thought, I shit. think what's his name is Ramey, doing it. Rami Malek is the actor's name. I don't Who's know Brian name. J. Singer? I don't, I, that guy. I don't know. He's verified. I, I think Sasha Baron Cohen wanted that role. Really? Yeah. He probably would have nailed it. Yep. wonder why they didn't give it to him. I mean, it's almost like... Ricky uh, Bobby. Did you see that? What was it? Live Aid, where they were simulcasting from London and Philadelphia at the same time. Scroll up, scroll up there. And he he fucking photo? stole the show. That's him for real. Yeah. Live Aid, where Sasha Baron Cohen stole the show. Who? Did, who no, did he... where uh, Freddie Mercury did. No, it was back in eighty four ish. When did he die? I don't know. He was like one of the first. Big names to die of AIDS. Yeah. Well, you heard about it and you went, what? Right. Fucked up, man. 1991. 91? 91. Nobody dies of AIDS now. It's very rare. Yeah. I don't say nobody, but it's saying like nobody dies of syphilis. You still can, but. Yeah. And did you hear that California just recently reduced the penalty of not telling someone that you have HIV. Oh, did they? Yeah, like wantonly infecting someone with HIV is no longer a felony. Why? The guy who introduced it, the, the, the senator, there's a fucking picture of him. New California law reduces penalty for knowingly exposing someone to HIV. Why the fuck would you do that? HIV is a public health issue, not a criminal issue. California State Senator Scott Weiner said in support of the bill, which takes... Now... Google that guy and find a picture of him with his shirt off with a leather vest on and a six-pack and a dog collar around his yeah. neck. And I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like, there's, there's a fucking image of him. That's him, but he's jacked. There's, but there's a photo. Oh, yeah. That someone, yeah, look at this. Sorry, not a dog collar. He's got a leather tie wrapped around his neck. Might as well be a dog collar. But look at this. Whoa. This is the guy. I mean, if he's not gay, he's certainly sympathetic to the cause. And this is the guy that's supporting this bill saying that HIV is a health issue. No, it, it's not a health issue if you fucking knowingly give it to somebody. If yeah. you knowingly shoot a hot load into someone knowing you have HIV. You get back from the doctor. Doctor says, Greg, I got some bad news for you. You got the HIV. And you're like, well, I got some bad news for whoever I'm shooting loads to because yeah. I'm not going to tell them. Right. I like shooting loads into people. I don't like condoms. Mm. Like. You're doing a criminal act. It's a, it's a deadly weapon. Your semen is a deadly weapon. Not today if you get treatment. But what mm. if someone doesn't like doctors? Yeah. What if they're afraid of doctors? There's a lot of people that are afraid. They, they're afraid of going to the doctor. So if they don't go to the doctor, HIV turns into AIDS, they die of AIDS. You fucking gave it to them, mm -hmm. man. 
Yeah. How is that not a felony? Right. And who would want to reduce that crime? Who would want to reduce the crime of knowingly exposing someone to a death-dealing disease? Mm. A disease that's killed untold hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it's probably millions, right? Yeah. Why, why would you do that? Like, who's clamoring for that to, to be reduced? Well, it's, think about how many guys are, what do they call it, on the down low, where they go out and they have sex with men, get sick, and then have sex with their wives. A lot of wives uh, get AIDS. Or HIV, right? You get HIV. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's one of those diseases where they essentially found a cure for it, right? They have a treatment, and that treatment reduces it to the point where it's not even you can't even detect it in the blood anymore. Oh, it's that good? Oh yeah, it's wow. undetectable. Like huh. Magic Johnson said that Jesus did it for him. Jesus made made my HIV go away. Wow, no longer detectable. That is so cool. It's bad Magic Johnson accent. <laughs> It's a horrible impression. <laughs> but yeah, they, they literally have gotten it to the point where it's undetectable. What does it say? Number of deaths due to HIV AIDS estimates by country. Yeah, there was a million last year, but it has no data for United States, United yeah. Kingdom. See, the, the thing about that is, and this is how it's been explained to me, so I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. The problem with this distinction, and this is one of the real problems with uh, the way they used it to describe Africa, um, they were saying all these people in Africa get AIDS and die. Well, this doctor was telling me, and he's completely off the record when he was telling me this because he's like a progressive, very smart liberal guy. He's like, okay. He goes, what you're talking about is people with extremely compromised immune systems that's from a variety of different reasons. He goes, they're not getting HIV tests. He goes, these people in these really poor areas in Africa, this is, you know, we're talking like early 2000s. He's like, they're not giving these people HIV tests. They're not flying to Africa and administering these expensive tests on these people. He's like, these people have extremely compromised immune systems. They check their T-cell count. Their T-cell count's very low. They're very unhealthy. And so they say they have AIDS. Mm. And that's how you get funding. The way you get funding is you say there's a million cases of AIDS in Africa. You don't get funding when you say there's a million cases of people who are malnourished, who have a host of horrific diseases. Unacceptable that we're trending to 50% of African-American gay bi men having HIV must end this health disparity. Why are you pulling that? Oh, that's that's Wiener. That's the guy. His name's Wiener, which is hilarious. Another Wiener. Another Wiener. But unacceptable that we're trending to 50% of African-American gay bi men having HIV. Meanwhile, he says, must end this health disparity. And the best way to end it is to reduce the penalty from knowingly giving it to people. Mm. <laughs> That's just... Right. I, I don't want to say that he has it and he just wants to like make it a little easier on himself. But it's... Why would you do that? Like, Why would you want to reduce that? Owen Benjamin had a great tweet about it. Um, yeah, allow Charlie something about allowing Charlie Sheen to uh, California is allowing Charlie Sheen to pay have less of a penalty for uh, having unprotected sex with unsuspecting young women. You fucking psychos, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, it's the, you know the question is can you legislate behavior? Right. Can you? It's a uh, mm, good tricky. question. Can you leg- Do you want to? Right. Do you want to legislate behavior, mm-hmm. or do you want people just be like but, but you have to punish people for what like if if you have some sort of an incurable disease 
AIDS obviously is curable or HIV is, right? At least at this point, it's it, treatable. I shouldn't say curable. But if you have something like what would be – okay, like here's a perfect example. Remember when that woman came back from Africa and they suspected that she had been exposed to Ebola? Right. And people were freaking the fuck out because she was wandering around. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be quarantined. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this bitch is a monster, mm-hmm. right? That's much more uh, communicable than HIV is, I guess. But not much difference in terms yeah. of like what it can do. I yeah. mean, you're talking about something that kills people, right? It's kind of the same thing in a lot of ways. But we, we tend to look past things that are sexually transmitted. Because like, well, don't get fucked. You don't have any problems. You know, don't do anything that Jesus wouldn't want you to do, mm-hmm. and you don't have any issues. What do you take it in the ass, you fucking piece of shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you horrible person? Yeah, you know. No, it's like now where they're um, they're allowing companies to not have to cover women's birth control, and mm. it's like they want to shame they want to shame people from having sex. It's the same thing with. Uh, you know, uh, not paying for abortions. Do you really think that's what it is? I think, I think orgasms are free, and the and the the the, the, the haves the fucking drives me crazy. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's a financial issue. I think if you look behind it, I bet there's probably insurance companies that are involved in this. There's probably mm. a lot of people that look. If you if you have to pay, or companies like if, if a company has to pay for your employees' birth control pills. And you have 100,000 employees. How many birth control pills are you paying for? Hmm. That's a lot of money. I mean, and you go across the board. And also you set a precedent. If you have to pay for that, maybe you have to pay for something that comes along with similar to, for men or some other issue that women might have that hmm. has to be covered. I think it's all financial. Wouldn't it, I, I wouldn't it be expensive, if, though, to have women missing work for pregnancies? Fire them. Fuck them. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's because if somebody works for you, they don't just work for you, right? We, we are assuming that person is dependent upon you. It's one of the weirder things about employment. It's like that's not just someone who works for you. You have to take care of that person. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to provide them with insurance. You're supposed to provide them with benefits. You're supposed to allow them to you know, take time off. And It's a weird thing because we're, we're like – We've settled into the idea that this person is completely dependent upon their employer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, like this idea that if a woman has a child, that you have to give her maternity leave, or you have to pay her while she has the baby, and that you have to maybe pay child support or some sort of child care while she has the baby. That people really want that. They want that as part of it because people. The way people live in this country in particular, and we just assume that you have to live this way um, because we compare ourselves to people that live in like indigenous tribes or in third world countries where they don't have constant employment and they don't have high overhead, right? Rent, bills, all the different things that we have. But we have like this system set up where once you're in the system, once you start making that money, you need that money. And when your kid comes, you can't just quit work. Like, no one does that anymore. Like, we don't think anyone should do that anymore. We assume that woman is eventually going to go back to work. So she's going to get a maternity leave because the company values her as an employee. And then once um, she's done with her maternity leave, maybe there'll be some other sort of compensation or some sort of uh, – and she definitely won't be working any long hours or overtime anymore. Mm-hmm. Now she's got to get home and take care of her kid. You know, that's the hidden thing in the whole uh, argument against – 
the financial, the difference in the amount of money, like income disparity between men and women. Mm. But the big one, one of the big ones is the number of hours that women are willing to work. There's a series of choices, right? There's the, the, the jobs they gravitate towards. There's the number of hours that they're willing to work. There's taking time off when they have children. And another one of the big ones is this is one that works sort of against them that doesn't get discussed when men are trying to say that the income inequality thing is all bullshit. Women are not as good at negotiating for a better salary. They're not as aggressive in negotiating for a better salary. And even if they do a, just as good a job as the man, mm. like, and that that's the one area where they sort of seem to fall behind where it's like a rational distinction that a woman is doing the same job as a man and not getting paid as well. Because when you look at the income inequality between men and women, you know, it's like 77% cents on the dollar. It's really not real. It's not like they're working the same job next to each other. Hey, you were telling me it's because that men will work more dangerous jobs that tend to pay more. Yeah, more dangerous jobs tend to pay more. Men are much more likely to die on the job. It's, it's much more likely to get injured on the job. There's a bunch of fields that men gravitates toward, tr- gravitate towards that are particularly just interesting and attractive to men that women don't gravitate towards. And if they do, it's in lower numbers. And this, obviously, these are gross generalizations because there's women who are MMA fighters, right? A lot of them. I mean, I've, I see them all the time. A lot of them are lesbians. Not a lot of them, but a few. So <laughs> it's like people are, you know, you can't like just pigeonhole people. You know, there's a lot of men that are florists, right? There's, you can't, it's very difficult to just like say a man is this and a woman is that. Because but there's man, trends, obviously. Yeah, there's for sure trends. Right. And to deny well, those trends seems to be the, the, the state of discourse today. People like to deny those, those trends. And right. any accepting of those trends is some sort of accepting of this systematic oppression of women or systematic oppression of gay people. Or It's very, very well, that, weird in this in That this woman regard. wrote that book, Lean In, I think it was a lot about that. Like, negotiate... You know, mm. it shouldn't be mandated. You should be able to go in and fight for your salary, mm-hmm. get a better salary, fight for the corner office, you know, and don't don't wait for it to be handed to you because the patriarchal system is not going to suddenly just make things fair. But is the patriarchal system real? Is there a patriarchal system? Like, well, is there a look system? at Harvey Weinstein. I mean, okay, that's a different thing because that's a power issue, right? And when you when you have absolute power, like that guy had. And you're also a fat, ugly fuck. Yeah. And you realize this is a way to get Gwyneth Paltrow to suck my dick. Yeah. Mm. You know, mm. this, this, that's, and that's a unique situation. But also, But I think the gross. dynamic of it is that it, since men do obviously quantifiably have more power positions on yeah. the boards of companies and management mm-hmm. and partners, that women are intimidated by that. They're intimidated to go up against it. I think there's also um, a thing where women don't want to be a bitch right yeah they like men don't view a woman who's aggressive the same way they view a man as aggressive mm. like if you and i are working in an office and you're like always hustling and getting ahead and always like fighting for what's yours like greg's greg's an aggressive motherfucker mm-hmm. he gets shit done yeah but if a woman is doing the exact same thing that fucking bitch i don't want to be around her she's such a bitch mm-hmm. you know like a woman who exhibits the same sort of aggressive tendencies is ne- it's negative yeah whereas the guy is an ass kicker right right you know, that- Do you remember who was the comic up in Boston who had that? He was like every comic had one great joke, and this guy's joke was: uh, behind every successful man, there's a woman, and behind every successful woman are two guys calling her a lesbian. Fuck, who was that? <laughs> remember that guy? He was kind of he had uh, wire room glasses. He was a little bit chubby. God damn. 
Do you remember that joke, though? I do remember it now yeah. that you said it. I'm just trying to remember who Not the fuck. Charlie. Um, God damn, who was that? I want to give him a shout out if he's still doing it. I always wonder about like if guys like that are still doing it. I wonder if they do do it. Like they just do it every now and then. They have yeah. a job, right? Like if you have a regular job and you like go out on the weekends, do a Dick Darty gig here and there, pick up three hundred bucks over yeah. the weekend. Fuck sure. it, fuck it, and you fun. Know? Have a good time. Have too. a good time. Get some free yeah. drinks. Maybe yeah. uh, if you're single, maybe you meet a woman. I mean, what better way to meet women than getting on stage for? You know, if these guys are doing twenty minutes or a half hour, and oh, they get yeah. off stage and mingle, yeah, better than fucking what going to a beefsteak Charlie's, standing beef at the bar, Charlie's. looking at a rusted trombone going on the to wall, ninety nine, ordering some wings and a beer and <laughs> oh, looking around, <laughs> creeping people out. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, yeah. where are you from? What? Yeah, and, and for a man to try to stand out. Such a grind for a guy to stand out. Yeah. That's why guys peacock, right? You're wearing like big watches and rings and driving a fancy car, just yeah. trying to, yeah. trying to peacock, yeah. trying to get everybody to look at. Because we're gross. Oh, we're gross. We're gross. Women are beautiful. You don't see statues yeah. of men. You, you do see statues. Greek statues. Yeah, but they're men oh. that don't look like us. Mm. Yeah, a little mm. different. Yeah, and maybe a little of that. Maybe a little yeah. of that. And somebody had a great joke the other day. <laughs> He was like, the Greeks invented, the difference between the Greeks and Italians, the Greeks invented making love. The Italians did it to women. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking when we were, we were both. Italian guy, of course, told me that joke. We were both in Italy last summer. And uh, it's like looking at those statues of the men and they're like, they're fucking beautiful. Like they're are just perfect mm-hmm. and and then they have dicks and it's so weird because if you had a statue that's that realistic in like the grove right some christian would cloak it and they'd cart it off because it was too too graphic yeah and you got to think like when you when you're the sculptor and you're putting that much effort where the dick has like a slightly bent shaft and the you can see the, the crown and there's almost like a slit at the tip of the it's like after a couple of days you got to look at the, at the the sculptor like Okay, we think he got it. Yeah, there's a puddle of drool under him <laughs> while he's carving out this cock. <laughs> he's got his hand on the balls while he's working on the shaft. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting. There's, yeah. there's two different things that are interesting about dicks in the, those ancient Roman times. One thing is that the original, the early days, they used to, they used to have just the cock hanging out, right? Mm. Then there came a period of time where they started, because of some religious influence, they started covering them with leaves. Mm. And that was like after the fact. And they, they, they actually added leaves to oh, so some there's statues. dick under there. Yeah, some of them. Wow. And then they, start, they started doing some uh, statues where they put the leaf over the dick like as they were constructing it. But they did retrofit some, some statues for dicks. But here, go back to that again real quick, these pictures oh, of the dicks. That's dick. hilarious. Now, here's what's interesting about these dicks. You look at these guys and these like big athletic-looking like wrestler characters, they all have little dicks. And one of the reasons why they had little dicks is because in this time of, I mean, this is my interpretation of it, right? And this is what I had a really good professor that took us on a tour in Rome of the Vatican. It was, we got oh, yeah? super lucky. Wow. Yeah. We hired a professor and he was fantastic. And he loved that I knew a lot about ancient history, uh, particularly like their use of drugs. So, like, uh, we were talking about the giant pine cone that's in the middle of uh, the Vatican. They have the, this outdoor area with a big pine cone. Mm. And, he goes, uh, and he goes, Do you know what that represents? I go, That's the pineal gland. And he goes, how do you know? 
And then we started talking and we started talking about like drugs and, you know, endogenous production of dimethyltryptamine and shit like that. No and shit. Then, and then he and I like we fucking ignored my family. We, just ah. went out. <laughs> we were holding hands and wandering through the Vatican together. Um, but as uh, this guy was explaining that, I go, why are their dicks all so little? And he goes, that's a very good question. And he said that a large dick was thought to be like a gross primitive thing. Like this, like to have a large dick, you were like a, a non-evolved thing. And no that, kidding. When you think about how close these people were to cave people, right? Like you're thinking about a thousand, two thousand years ago, right? Go back two thousand years before that, and what the fuck do you have? Yeah. You know, I mean, you have ancient Egypt and a few, but you have essentially like small villages. Two thousand years before that, you don't have the wheel. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're talking about the wheel. I believe goes back somewhere around fifty five hundred years ago. It's the first evidence of the wheel that is super recent, mm -hmm. right? So these people were essentially realizing that there's a better way. Like now we have Rome, we have uh, sophistication, we have art, we have culture, we have music and wine, and we're not going to go back to those big dick ways, mm. smashing heads and just fucking like wild animals. Yeah, and I think. When they thought of like the barbarian hordes that would come and, and you know just fucking rape and pillage, they probably thought those big, fat, juicy dicks were one of the reasons why they were so horrible and so so base and vile and primitive, and that they had these big hogs and smashing skulls and raping and killing, and that they were trying to move past that. And one way that they tried to express that was in their art, this sophisticated, incredibly anatomically correct art. And they all had these little tiny baby wow. dicks, and these baby dicks were supposed to represent like culture and sophistication, sort of like how a fat woman was supposed to represent like a woman who ate a lot right yeah. there's a woman of culture so they were attractive like look at that guy he's built like brock lesnar and he's got a dick like Pee Wee herman like look at that i don't know if Pee Wee herman has a little dick i always thought it was because over time the dick must have just gotten knocked off and that's why no. they were so small no no they purposely represented these gigantic muscular men as having tiny penises, which showed sophistication. So they were almost in this like transitionary p p period of like the muscles were big, the body was obviously like very primal. Mm. You know, they were they're obviously like very fit, but they had these little tiny cocks. And wow, what they what they admired. If that holds, I wonder if that translates to the myth that the African American man has a big penis Ooh. goes to that. Is First that of all, it ain't a myth, pal. Yeah, I've got news for you. Yeah, I've, but what I've do you watch them in? Porn movies? Blacked.com. It's a website. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Blacked. Really? Yeah, there's a couple of porn stars that I've followed on uh, Twitter, and they'll just like post. Like, that's the weird thing about Twitter. Sometimes I'll forget that I follow porn stars, and I'm going through my Twitter feed, and like, oh, there's a dick and an ass. <laughs> like, just out of nowhere. There's a girl, like, taking a hot one in the yeah, face. Like, right. just, like uh, Twitter... This is one of the things that I actually love about Twitter. Twitter, in a lot of ways, is still wild. Mm. You know, I, I think they're trying to get a hold of it. I'm trying to get Jack from Twitter, the head guy on the podcast. We've been going back and forth. And oh, he's, yeah? He's expressed some interest about it, but a little trepidation. He's a little worried about how to – because they're trying to censor people. 
But the people they're trying to censor are the people that are actively harassing people, mm-hmm. the people that are using unwanted sexual advances and sending unwanted naked photos and things along those lines to people, right? Upending elections. That's a little different. Here's something I thought was fanta- fascinating. I, I fucking I, – I retweeted it and accidentally unretweeted it and then I couldn't find it. I should never do things on my computer when it's like – late at night and I'm barely paying attention but someone posted something uh, that this person that was claiming they were from Rhode Island uh, posted the tweeting about Hillary Clinton it was like in response to something that Donald Trump had done really recently that was fucked up hmm. and about Hillary and our deleted emails and they left their location on and it was Russia oh no there's tons of that there's tons yeah, of that like yeah. a lot of these unknown accounts it was like Kevin underscore 2012 or something like that. But a lot of these accounts where these people are attacking Hillary Clinton and you know, like supporting Trump and these like right wing talking points, mm-hmm. we literally have to understand this isn't just a this isn't just a trope. This isn't a, just a, like some weird talking point the Democrats keep using. There are thousands and thousands of fake internet accounts that are designed to attack people that are supporting someone who's in opposition of their interests and to support someone who is on their side. Yeah. And these, are, these people, these online, whether they're real people or whether they're bots, they're all pro-Trump. All of them. And they're all is, pro-Trump and a lot stunning. of them are, are like um, stoking the racial Oh yeah, oh, because yeah. that helps that help Trump get elected. Oh, of course, of course, and it's just it's fascinating that people are denying this. You know that a lot of people on the right are denying this and saying, "Oh, the Democrats are just you know whining and you lost, get over it." I've seen a lot of that. You lost, yeah. get over it. You got to understand what's happening here. You're not necessarily dealing with real discourse. It's not really the right and the left communicating, stating each other's points, debating. No. There's a bunch of people that don't have a fuck. They're, they're not even here. Yeah. And they're pretending that they're here. Yep. And they're talking shit about the left. And they're talking shit about Anthony Weiner or Hillary Clinton. And they're not even necessarily real people. Mm-hmm. They might be, but they might just be people that they might just have scripts that they, they send out from hundreds of different accounts. They might be looking for keywords. Like, there's a weird information war going on right now and an influence war going on right now. And there's a lot of people that don't want to admit it's real. Mm-hmm. It's fucking 100% real. It's 100% real. I mean, Facebook has already gotten rid of thousands of accounts thousands. because they found that they were Russian accounts. Yeah. And the ads that were being taken out on Facebook were – they tracked the money. They were yeah. ads that were bought by – Russian – I don't know if it was the government or just the oligarchs, but they were purchasing ads on Facebook. What is this? The best Twitter tool? This is one you can buy. I just Googled real quick. Tell this me is, what this is. is. It's all the stuff you can buy. It's called TweetAttacksPro.com. It's designed to run thousands of Twitter accounts at the same time, 24-7, to auto-follow, unfollow, follow back, tweet, retweet, reply, favorite, delete, tweet – Unretweet, unfavorite, so they just do everything. Every account can have its own setting, thus preventing Twitter from becoming suspicious about the account. Plus, the software can simulate human operation perfectly. Exclamation point. Seven dollars. So you buy this for seven dollars, and you just go on a goddamn Greg Fitzsimmons promoting rampage. 
I and, wonder and what you could do. And notice at the bottom the syntax designed mm. for everyone's need. That's Jesus not an Christ. American writing that. No. Not limited by the Twitter API because we don't use it. Exclamation point. Okay. We should do an experiment. We should buy that and see how much we can jack up your Twitter account. To. I love it. Like, what's your Twitter account at right now? I don't know. What's Greg, Greg Fitzsimmons, uh, Fitzdog Radio on 80 Twitter? 80-something thousand. Not a lot. Yeah, just under 85,000. 85,000. Mm. I wonder if we could get you up to like a quarter million in like a couple of months. We'll get up to a million probably by the end of the week. A million, Seriously? A million. Fast, yeah. A million by the end of the week. That might get noticed. They kind of spread it out a little bit. Yeah. Keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's – as long as we're really open about what we're doing, I think that would be really a fascinating experiment. You know, I How mean, do you do it? Well, we, we use these things, and then we, we buy you a bunch of fake accounts. All right. I mean, uh, not fake accounts, fake followers. We, get, we just use it. You can get fake followers, right? How does that work? Like, I checked the other day how many of my followers are fake. I swear to God, it was the exact same feeling I had when I took an HIV test mm-hmm. in 93. I was like, ooh, here we go. <laughs> I kind of I enjoy looking at the number of followers I have. If I found out they were all Russian bots. No, mine were, it's almost all real. But the the number of, that the president has is like 50%. Like 50% fake yeah. accounts. Yeah. I wonder if he did that. I wonder if he hired or if they just follow him because he's the president and it's a good thing to have like a fake account following the president, especially these Russian troll accounts. I think this came up, I feel like, the first time when John Kerry was running against Obama and they found out, they did like a Twitter audit on his account and found out he had a recent influx of like a million followers on his account. And it really? seemed like, well, did he do it or did someone just do it to him? Well, I think people, if I was running a campaign and I was already a sleazy piece of shit running a presidential campaign or some sort of political campaign, you got to think they're going to use every tool at their disposal, of right? Of course. That's what they do, right? When they, they muckrake and they fucking go after people and pull out some shit from their past and... Mm-hmm. Make up some shit yeah. about their past. And use every influence they have. Like, look, I think it's a good thing that we found out that Donald Trump is the kind of guy that wants to talk about, hey, just grab him by the pussy. You know, it's, it's good that we know, oh, mm-hmm. this is how he really talks and behaves. But make no mistake about it. That came about through Dirty Pool. Like, they, they went and searched and did their best, and they like, no people that work at Access Hollywood or wherever, and they tried to find out, you know, well, what do we got? What do we got on it? We got to get something. What can I give you? You give me this? Listen, mm-hmm. I got a recording. He's talking about grabbing pussies. Ooh, Bobby, if you can get me that, I will get something for you. Yeah. And, I mean, this is all, like, how these people do this. If you don't think that they would get fake accounts, you're oh, crazy. shit, yeah. No, I know a lot of comedians that have done that. That have built up their because club owners look at that shit. Oh yeah, for sure. Before they book you and come up with how much they're going to pay you, they they quantify you. Yeah, like what do you think? Uh, what do you think we'd have to do to get Greg up to a million? What do What do you have to do? Uh, let me see what this says. Do you got to talk into the microphone? Sorry, I, l- I listened to the says. podcast recently, and sometimes you. you, you I have it off you because I have the mic off sometimes. I know. I, no, it I understand. Sounds over here. Um, let me see what this says. But I was listening to it. And I. Couldn't understand a word you're saying. I will get up on the mic. They get up on that bitch. I'll try to eat it. Um, <laughs> Lisa eats that shit. I don't know. I don't see exactly on this particular one. This one wants you to pay a fee per month. There's other ones you can pay, like a one-time fee, and whatever you're asking to happen will just happen over just a happen. couple of days. It doesn't happen instantly, but 
I've seen so, a couple of YouTube videos doing what you're describing. They did it to an employee of theirs without telling them, like, watch your Instagram account. Anything oh, interesting wow. happened today? And, like, he's like, yeah, I got 2,000 new likes today. I usually only get 20. That's – and he sort of felt, like, popular or whatever. He didn't yeah, know he's what was preening. Going on. Yeah. Get excited. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what we get you up to. Fuck. Give me a budget and I can figure it out. That'd be cool. Okay, we'll give you a budget. <laughs> okay, what do you think – how much we need to spend? 100 bucks? 500 bucks? 500 bucks could do a lot. There's a, I know a, a girl who did that, and she went from like 30,000 followers to a million on Instagram. Do you want to also yeah. bump up your like, yeah. Spotify numbers or your YouTube numbers or anything like that? Because you can do that as well. Whoa. Maybe Instagram. The girl who did it on Instagram, the way they found out, like, people, it was not in our business, it's in another business, but the way they found out that she was doing it was because the amount of likes that she got was the same. The amount of like likes or images got, and the amount of comments, they it remained the same. Oh, but it the, didn't go up number, as the numbers right, went up. Wasn't right. proportional, right. right? Like if you see a, a like a, if you put something up on like okay, let's for instance that picture that we put of you when we first started this podcast. All right, we did that, you know, a couple of hours ago, right? And we'll go to it right now, and it has seventeen thousand nine hundred and thirteen likes. And 257 comments. That's that means that's normal. That, yeah, that makes sense. Right. It's like a photo of a funny comedian, first episode on a new podcast. Oh, there you go. There it is, right there. Look at you, you sexy bitch. I put up yours, the picture of you doing the exact same pose. 2,048. But that all makes sense. Likes. So now, if you ha- what's going on with you with the uh, the other one with the you and the um, the dentist? What was that photo? Oh, I just got face. my wisdom tooth pulled out the oh, other day. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, look Is at that. Is that it in, ugly in his thing. hand? Yeah. Oh, God, dude. What happened? Was it getting impacted? Um, no, I. Uh, it, it had a filling in it, and I guess I've. Uh, it cracked? You, well, you know, I have ADHD. So the doctor gives. Uh, the last, like, seven or eight years, I've been on, um, like, Ritalin. And it makes me grind my teeth. And I, gr- I ground my uh, a crack into my. Wisdom Jesus tooth. Christ, dude. So he went in with some pliers, and, and it took like two seconds. I thought he was going to be Ooh. like, you know, I thought he was going to have like his foot on my forehead and sweating and pulling it. He just went in, popped it out, I threw some gauze on it. I did three shows that night. No way. No problem. Really? Some people have like a week-long bad reaction to it. I got lucky. Nothing. Just popped right out. No. And so what do they do now? They put a, like a, a, a crown in there or something? No, or a... it's a wisdom tooth. So they just leave it out. Oh, no shit? Yeah. So it's got wow. like a, but you have to keep um, rinsing with salt water, otherwise you get a infection, a dry hole or something they call it. Uh, it's like a rotting hole. because your bone underneath is exposed uh, because you need a blood clot to get in there, and if the blood clot doesn't form, then your bone is exposed and your breath apparently becomes like a fucking nightmare, uh, and you get an infection and you'll get a pain all the way through your ear. And it happens to like 5% of people that get their wisdom teeth taken out. Do you know that people that get mouth infections oftentimes get heart attacks because of them? I've heard that. Yeah. What the fuck, man? You would think you just have bad breath. Yeah. No, you could die. Dude, what do you do when somebody you know well has bad breath? Tell them. Do you? Fuck yeah. Have you done that? Yes. No way. Tell me too. Yeah, tell me. I'll tell you. My breath stinks sometimes. I drink a lot of coffee. That's my downfall. Here's a, uh, mine, mine as well. You also have to brush your, your tongue, man. What you is gotta this? brush your tongue. You could buy an account that had 240,000 plus followers that's over five years old for 150 bucks. Oh, but that's all. 
a whole account. Taking over the account, but when you switch the name, your followers wouldn't know the difference. What? There's an account I was following. It must have been some meme account. I just noticed that it switched to like booty pics or some shit like that. <laughs> I was like, when did I start following like at booty? I right, like, but that's, that's not weird, but that's not good so for it merges. So it's it, gonna be the same thing. We could, instead of having eighty five thousand, like tomorrow he will have two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, but they wouldn't be the same followers, right? Uh, they, I think it mix it blends them together. Oh, so yeah. he adds those followers. It's weird what happens when that goes down. So you, he add, would add an additional two hundred fifty thousand followers, so two hundred forty thousand followers. I'm in. I'm into that. Strange shit going on. With that. Um, apparently, when you eat um, uh, a ketogenic diet, which I'm on, it's like uh, you eat low carb, you know, high fat diet. It makes your breath smell like fucking shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty cognizant of that. I'm. I'm pretty aware. I was it a lot of meat? Take, yeah. Yeah, because the meat doesn't digest. Not just as fast. that. It's just fat burning. It's the idea your body burns fat as a fuel instead of protein. Or excuse me, instead of carbohydrates. Yeah. Like uh, the standard American diet, we eat a lot of refined carbohydrates, breads, pastas, things along those lines. And what I try to do is lean to a much more uh, fat-based diet, a lot of coconut, a lot of avocado, meat, things along those lines. I don't have very much carbs. My, my carb intake is pretty low, except when I go off the rails. I go off the rails like maybe once a week or so. Mm. I'll have like pasta or something like that. You know, not pizza. I haven't had pizza in a while. That's my super off-the-rails food. That's that's when you're in New York for a couple of days. I'll eat a full pizza. Yeah. And then just feel like a fucking slob. Yeah. Just so disgusting. It's amazing what I'm willing to do for mouth pleasure. Just for that. Mm, it's like an orgasm. A taste. Mm, and then you just feel like shit for hours. Yeah. Like the taste only lasts for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But so what? I'm willing to sacrifice hours of health. Well, what do you sacrifice for an orgasm? When you're single, mm. the amount of booze that you'll buy a girl and conversation you'll listen to and... Yeah, but that doesn't have all a for downside. for 10-second orgasm. The only downside is you, you fuck someone you don't really like and then you have to talk to them yeah. afterwards. Like, oh, yeah. those brutal days. Right. Bru- you know what the most brutal move was ever when I was young and stupid? You would go on a, a vacation with a girl that you didn't really know that Ooh. well. Or invite her to come out with you on the road. Like, hey, I'm working in Philadelphia this weekend. Yeah. And Uncle Chuckles Fucker Fest <laughs> fucking. <laughs> and you would you would have them come with you. And, you know, an, an hour after you came, you couldn't deal with them. Yeah. You were just like, I, I can't believe I did this. Like, you thought it was the perfect idea. We'll get together. We'll have some fun. I'll take her to dinner. We'll have, well, she can come to see my shows. And back then, man, like. People didn't have cell phones, so you were like on top of each other, and you didn't have anything to do. Couldn't no you just distractions. Stare at your phone? <laughs> yeah, right. You got a, you got cable TV, and you're you're gluing into that. If you even had cable, I mean, if you're on the road, yeah. you a lot of times you're staying in like back then. You're staying in these terrible hotels, right? You didn't have any money, so you're staying in some bullshit ass hotel with like three channels that you could watch. It's like one restaurant, some shitty deli. <sighs> And you're you have nothing in common with the person you just had sex with. Ugh. Zero. That's when you just start drinking. <laughs> that leads to the fight. There's a bus stop involved. There's a fucking trailway Ugh. station involved. It's crazy. The, the you know thinking about like finding someone that you are compatible with that you also want to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, because those are two totally different things. Mm. Like, you could find someone that you have amazing conversation with, but you have zero sexual attraction to them. Mm -hmm. So you have to find a combo. 
You have to find someone that you're sexually attracted to, but you really enjoy them as a human being talking to. Mm. And sometimes those are just not the same things. Right. Like, especially for guys. I guess it's, it must be that way for girls. Obviously, I can't speak for them. But when you're a guy and you meet a girl like who's got a little waist and big tits and a big ass, you're willing to put up with a lot of nonsense. And you don't even notice. You're not even putting up with it. Yeah. You're so fascinated by the looks oh, yeah. that the whatever she's saying is just kind of flowing through. Yeah, All you're right. you're at a bar together. She's talking nonsense, but then she puts her, her claws on your back and just rakes them down a little bit and squeezes you a little. And you're like, yeah, yeah later. <laughs> the promise of pleasure. Yeah. yeah, she put her claws on me, bro. She gave me, gave me the back scratch. You're like, you know it's going to happen eventually. You know? Yeah. And she's like, I need my drink. I need my drink. You have to get me my... What, like, what, what would an annoying chick drink? Like have sex on the beach. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to have a Long Island iced tea. I need my Long Island iced tea. I need it. Then she drinks half of it or a few sips. Pounds it. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She drinks a few sips and just leaves it there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hardly ever eat. <laughs> she orders a fucking lobster, eats one claw. Well, there's some girls who don't like to eat in front of men. Yeah. Right? They don't like you. First of all, they don't want to be judged. By you eating, mm. by them eating in front of you. They don't want you judging, look at how much she's eating. This is disgusting. She's going to be a big cow when she gets older. Mm. Look at her eating. She's just fucking shoveling in her face. I can't afford the upkeep of keeping up with this fucking food dispenser. She's going to take a giant shit in my apartment. Oh, my God. What if a girl like has to shit but tries to hold it in? Oh. She doesn't want you to know. Oh. I had a buddy of mine. And he had a uh, like a one bedroom, not even a one bedroom. It's like a studio, and the bathroom was right beside the bed. It was just like right over there. And he was dating this girl, and she just <laughs> went in there and just wrecked it. Just wrecked his bathroom. And she she would do it like every time she came over. She would just go in there and wreck his bathroom. <laughs> Anyways, he's just always complaining about it. He didn't know what to do. He's like, dude, it's just such a boner killer. Uh, dude, I would show her right to the door. The first time that happened, as she came out of the bathroom, I'd take her arm gently and uh, say, it's time for you to go. Okay, but what do you do? What do you do if you have to shit? Like, what if you go over a girl's house and she lives in a studio apartment? You go you go take a walk. You go to a McDonald's or something. Yeah, yeah I'll be right back. Yeah. I left something in my car and you go shit in the bushes. You go shit in the bushes. San Francisco, you go right on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm not gonna shit. I mean, even with my wife, like I, I close the door. I hide the shit. Yeah. She doesn't care. Door open. Sits with her legs crossed. You hear him taking a dump. It's just so discouraging. Oh, it's such a you bummer. The, that that echo from the fart before the shit comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Plop, and you're like, yeah. no, I gotta go. Erase, erase bad memory. Erase. <laughs> Why? It's so weird. We know everyone shits. It's like, yeah. why is it so disturbing to us? Like, we have this idealized image of, like, some movie woman, you know? And when they, it doesn't turn out to be that way. It turns out to be she's an actual human who yeah. shits like regular people. Yeah. We're so discouraged. Like, so sad. So upset. It is weird when I see certain beautiful women. I, I remind myself that they shit. And that I, can't, I can't process it. I, can't, I go, no, she doesn't. She can't. <laughs> Such a Kathleen thing. Turner shits. Oh yeah, giant dumps. Yeah, she probably never really wipes good. <laughs> it's probably a disaster. 
She just gives up yeah. halfway and starts drinking. She does one wipe no matter what. That's her policy. She's probably got a flask <laughs> right there sitting on the bowl. So she's <laughs> Doesn't even look. One wipe doesn't inspect, just you know, drops it. You know what we got here? One of those Japanese toilets that has a button. You press a button, it shoots water up your ass. Yeah? Yeah. It cleans you up. Wow. Is that the one that's going to have the flotation tank in it? No, no. It's the one over here. Oh. Right there. Got two of those. Love it. Got two of those things here. What temperature is the water, though? It's warm. It's nice. It's always warm? Warm. It's warm. Yeah. It's nice. I need to go there (laughs) before I leave. I don't even have to shit. Just force yourself. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you shoot that water up your asshole, you will have to shit. Oh, you do it before? No, you can if you want to. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to sit there and press the button, it doesn't know whether or not you shit. Yeah. It's not like, Greg, why do you want me to shoot water on your ass? You haven't even taken a shit, Greg. This is illogical. Open the door, Hal. You ever have a day that's so fucking dull? I had one yesterday. Where you get you feel a shit coming and you get excited, something to do. It's something to do, and then you shit, and it feels good. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, that might sound gay or whatever, but a big hard shit coming out of my ass. Yeah, it feels enjoyable. Like it's some good. some it's a relief chemicals are released in your oh, body. Oh, for sure. Anybody denies that, I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, I don't have time. I don't have time to talk to you about that. Yeah. But if a woman tells you that, would you get upset? If a woman's like, oh, I love taking a good fat shit. This is something about taking a shit. Feels so good. <laughs> you get bummed out, right? Well, it would mean that she's up for ass play. Would it be? Yeah. It Maybe means not. that she's got Are a you? sensitive anus. Are you? Absolutely. You, re- you ready to take one in the, di- the asshole? Not a dick, <laughs> but like a pencil or something. A pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's what see about a baby step with a coke baby nail on it. <laughs> Dude, I had a girl do that. She was blowing me Whoa. way way back when in Boston. This chick, she was a Guido from Revere. Ooh. And uh, I think I met her with you as a matter of fact. <laughs> we were doing like a cable Do you remember this a cable access show in Revere? Yes. And it was like two hot chicks Didn't working there. Did Todd Parker there. do that with us too? I probably he and did Larry all those. Rapucci? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like the lineup. <laughs> but we met these two girls and the girl I met she had on. She just had on like a college sweatshirt when I met her. Hair was up in a potato chip clip, and you know the leggings and the high top white Reeboks. Oh yeah, that look. Oh yeah, the Velcro Reeboks. They the were Velcro popular. Reeboks. Aerobic shoes. Remember? So I ask her out, and then she goes, um, she goes, okay, and uh, and we drive. She picks me up. My car was broken, so I go, "Will you pick me up? We're going to go do a gig in Rhode Island." She's like, "All right." Wow. So I go down to Kenmore Square. She's going to pick me up at Kenmore Square. A fucking white Corvette pulls up. This is not what I expected. Hair is now done. It's fucking up. It's touching the top of the car. Nails are done. She's got on a hot little dress. And I'm like, sweetie, we're going to a fucking roadhouse in Narragansett, Rhode Island. (laughs) And I get in her car and we drive down and we get to the club early and we start fooling around. And uh, she sucks my dick before the show. This is like, we haven't even had dinner yet. Sucks my dick, takes her finger, sticks it up my ass during the blowjob, but the fingernail is like a claw, Ah! and it scraped the inside of my ass, and it I had blood on the toilet paper (laughs) when I went to the bathroom later that night. It's like, what were you thinking? She's an animal. She started putting it in. I've I opened up. 
I didn't let it I go. I wasn't thinking about the nail. Did she lick her finger first, or she could just go dry? <laughs> <laughs> she did that porn drool thing on the yeah. tip of her finger. <laughs> yeah, she had the spit come off in a big line, like a cobweb line. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, ooh. And then we went into the club, and it was like this. It, it was like a roadhouse, just like in the middle of nowhere. There was this just boxy kind of a room. Was that a Brian Deary gig? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we go in, and uh, I was doing this joke. You probably remember it. It was one of my standard jokes back then, of like uh, the. I don't actually now I don't remember, but it was about uh, the sign "No Radio in Car." And, oh uh, right, people used to have those signs because they didn't want someone breaking right, in their car and stealing right. the radio. Yeah, yeah. So I had a joke about how I had that, and that somebody then uh, broke into my car and they took the sign or something. They took the radio and the sign, whatever, whatever it was. And somebody yelled out, "It was probably a," and he said, "N word." Whoa! And I went, "What?" <sighs> and I said, "What?" Like I made, I repeated it to make them say, like, as if to shame them. Right, right. And then somebody else on the other side of the crowd goes. <laughs> He said it was probably an end. I was like, "All right, let's wrap this one up." And uh, and I and I see her laughing like At the N word. Yeah, she thinks it's hilarious. She thinks it's great. Hilarious. She's sucking that finger that she had in your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so she drove me back. She drove back to Boston. And I, at that time, I was still a, I was a banquet waiter in the morning, so I used to have to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and go down to the Marriott and Copley Place and set up coffee stations for these fucking conventions. I remember this story. And so I get in the car to drive home. I fucking fall asleep oh, in the no. car, in her Corvette, as she drives me home. And then I, I get out at my house, and I, I, I go to kiss her goodnight, and she just looks at me, and she goes... Don't ever fucking call me again. Whoa. And I just limped, you fell limped in the door. Yeah. Whoa, that's it? She's angry that you She was called? angry that I fell asleep. That was it? She picked me up, drove me, blew me, and then I just passed out. Wow. <laughs> I passed out because she blew me. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but how funny is that? Don't ever call me again. You slept. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> That's what did it. She washed her Corvette. She not put her the hair N-word. Up. Not the finger in the ass. Like yeah. the, All those are acceptable. Yeah. Sucking your dick like moments after meeting you. <laughs> all, those, all that's normal. You know, the horrible food I'm sure they served at that gig. She probably had some mozzarella sticks that were hard as a rock. How funny is that? Like, that was you all fine. falling asleep pissed her off. Yeah. But people don't like that when you're driving and you don't talk to them. Yeah. And you just pass out. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that story because I remember you you being like stunned at someone yelling out the N-word. How long is it going to be before you're not allowed to say the N-word? Like the Good N-word, point. just that, that phrase. Right. The, the N-word. The phrase describing the word. Yeah. How long before people think that's just as bad as saying the yeah. word itself? Because right. it's coming. Yep. That's coming just like hoop earrings and braids and dreadlocks are getting people in trouble. Yeah. People will run out of things to get mad at. And they will go after people for saying the N-word. Right. You shouldn't even acknowledge it. We need to get it out of our vernacular completely. Yeah. By acknowledging it. You're not helping. What a fucking weird time. I only just started saying the N-word. I used to say the N-word on my radio show. I would just say it. And why'd you stop saying it? Don't you think that by not saying it, 
it becomes like this ridiculously charged magic word. You're not a racist. Like, why are words magic? Like, right. wh- aren't words supposed to be sounds that you make that convey intent? Yeah. Intent right? or description? Both. Well, that's the difference. You can use the N-word or you can say the N-word. Right. Well, you're, you're conveying intent. Your intent is to describe a scenario where someone said something in a very particular way that showed racism. Yeah. Right? That's your intent. When you say the N-word, you're saying, like, it cannot be speak. It cannot be uttered. It is a sacred word. Yeah. It is a magic word. If you say it, Candyman will come. Right. You know, it's like, it's very weird. It's very weird that we've ever allowed that. It's one thing, like, you could say spick. No one's going to get mad. Mm. You know? Like, it's not, as, it's not as racially charged. You know? Yeah. And then, and then there's other ones that, like, you can just get away with all day. Like Irish ones or oh, yeah. Italian ones. or Guido or... <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Yeah. You can call me a Guido all day. I don't give a fuck. No one cares. Shink no one gets is a tough one. They get Chink's, very upset about Shink. Shink's rough. Yeah. Gook. How about gook? Oh, that's a rough one. Oh, that's a really rough one. Yeah, but the N-word, you won't say it. Look. Look at you. Say it. Nigger. <laughs> It's a charged Nothing word. Nothing happens. See, but it, if you say someone, if you, you're saying that you're at the club and someone yells out, it was probably a nigga. Yeah. Which is probably exactly what they said. That, that's not, you're not racist. You're not being yeah. racist. But by saying, he yells out, it was probably an N-word. Yeah. Like, you're putting all this weight on that word. Right, right, right. And you're not using it in any way, shape, or form. You personally are not using it to promote racism. You're mm. doing the opposite. You're, you're talking about what apes you're doing stand-up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, this girl was laughing at those apes. Mm-hmm. And also, the crazy thing is that some people can. Yeah. Some can, some can't. Latino, yeah. they can say it. They can still say it. Even like uh, you see Middle Eastern p- kids that grow up in the hood, they say it. Mm, yeah, as long as you seem to be in some sort of a marginalized group. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Chinese people use it. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. And then like We're Chinese like people holes? really into, yep, people are really into hip hop. Yeah. You know, they'll use it and they use it with the A on the end of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but black people just throw it around like a beach ball at a concert. Well, my son likes rap, and I go, Ooh. and he sings it. Mm. And I go, what do you do when you hit the N-word? He goes, I just say player. <laughs> That's what his friends do. They say player. <laughs> what do you think Tom Hanks' son says? <laughs> good says question. It? Do you think he says it? That's oh, a good Jamie, question. Jamie, losing power. Uh-oh. It's getting dark. Now it's uh, back. That's so strange. What what a stupid thing to have set up. Like four times yesterday. Who, who, did they set that up on purpose? Yeah, we need to switch that out. I got to say, for the first show, <clears throat> it's gone very smoothly. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a few hiccups that we need yeah. to deal with. I thought the echo was going to be an issue, but it seems like it's just those microphones that were the echo, right? It is, right? Because it doesn't sound any different than me. <clears throat> I like the purple behind you. It's, it's fetching. It's very really? good for your skin tone. Let me say, put me up on the. Oh yeah, I like. It's that. a nice change, you know. And yeah. the real, the only reason, in all honesty, we went with purples because the guy who was doing it said, uh, "I couldn't find red the first time, so I'm going to look at this new place." I said, "Well, what do you got?" And he said, uh, "Well, there's a lot of other colors." I go, "You got purple?" And he goes, "Oh, we can get purple." I'm like, "Let's go with purple. Fuck it." Purple is the 
ancient uh, color of royalty. Is it? Yeah, Jesus. There was a lot of. It was always a symbol of Jesus, purple, because it, no it meant it meant uh, you know the royals. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. It's a beautiful color. It is. It's flowers, right? It's like tulips and shit. There we go. Mm-hmm. Royalty in Europe since the time that the Roman emperors wore a ta- Tyrian Tyrian purple. Uh, purpura, purpura, hmm, toga, pre, wow, P-R-A-E-T-E-X-T-A. How do you say that? Praetexta? Praetexta. <clears throat> Purple has been the color most associated with royalty. The British royal family and other European royalty still use it as a ceremonial color on special occasions. Mm. <clears throat> what is that plant? Is that some purple cabbage or some shit? I'm pretty sure it's cauliflower. Cauliflower? Pretty, pretty, pretty color. Mm. Purple, I was associated with Prince. That's right. There you that, go. That was the, one of the biggest bummers for me of, uh, of like celebrity deaths. Prince was one of the all-time biggest. That's amazing. I was talking to, because when Tom Petty died, that one really... That was that, a hard one, too. That was a hard one because he was such the fucking soundtrack of our teen years mm-hmm. yeah. and older years. I mean, Free Fallen when I was in my 30s and yeah. like his, his songs continue. But somehow Prince, who didn't have, you couldn't name more than three Prince songs. Oh, and I yet could. I could. Most people can't. Yeah, I was a, uh, dude. Prince, really? Yeah, Prince played a big part in my uh, late teen life. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was a huge Purple Prince Rain fan. time? Controversy, even before that. Yeah. I was a fan of Prince from his first cassette. <clears throat> when it was just him with no shirt on, uh, on the cover, looking very androgynous, like there was no one like him before. Mm. I remember seeing that, that cover somewhere and going, what the fuck is this? Like, wh- what is this guy? And then I heard some of the songs. I don't even remember what the big hits were off of the first one. This is pre-Purple Rain, though. But I remember Controversy. Controversy. Remember that song? No. <clears throat> Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? Some people want to die so they can be free. Controversy. <laughs> That's it. That's the cover. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <clears throat> look at him. Just a little tiny patch of hair in the middle of his chest. No, but, but my point being Prince. for not knowing a, a big catalog of his music, it, it did mean a lot to me. He was a, What was that released in the 70s? Really? What does it say? Yeah, 79. 79? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Released in 1979, October 19th. Wow, real close to today. Hmm. Real close to today in 79, almost 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Bit more of an impact on you than Bowie? Yeah, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a big Bowie fan, too. <clears throat> but the thing about Prince that was uh, harder than Bowie for me was that Bowie died of a disease, right? Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, he had, uh, was it cancer? I think he had some type of cancer. Prince died from painkillers. Yeah. That's what drove me nuts. It's like that goddamn fentanyl. They found fentanyl in his body. <clears throat> and, I, and I remember thinking at the time, like, God damn it. I can't believe these fucking pills got prints. Like those... was, that was the Michael Jackson drug too, right? No, 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 no. Michael Jackson oh, died. Yeah, he died from anesthesia. Mm. He was so fucked up that before he died, 
he couldn't sleep, so he would get anesthetized. Mm. Just stop and think about how many demons you have to have where Ambien doesn't work anymore. Yeah. The amazing thing is he would get up out of that, and they said he was the first guy on the set (coughs) choreographing his own shit, rehearsing harder than anybody. Well, I wonder when he started doing that. You no, they, his last tour, he was like that. He was preparing for his final tour, and he was working his fucking balls off. Wow. Yeah. You can't do that very long, apparently. Apparently, that's part of the problem was that stuff, it limits your REM sleep. Yeah. Which is, by the way, <clears throat> one of the biggest uh, things that's been happening to me since uh, not smoking pot for all these days, all these oh, many, many moons, 16 days, is that what we said, 17 days? The dreams are way different, like way different, like intense dreams. Like I have weird dreams, man. Like they're very vivid. And I never thought about that before. Are they the same same dreams over and over again? No, not at all. But they're very vivid, like way more vivid than when I was smoking pot all the time. Wow. Like way more. Because you think you're in a deeper REM cycle? I've heard things, but I don't know what it is. Jamie, pull pull up that. See if you can find out what it is. <clears throat> What's the cause? For I, I thought it had to do with the alpha waves state that marijuana puts you <coughs> in, but I don't know if that's. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't, a little bit, because you can't. Your body is not at rest, or your brain isn't at rest while it's doing the alpha. You need beta waves, I think, for rest. I don't know what what it is, but whatever the fuck it is, when you don't smoke pot, when you smoke pot all the time for years, and then you don't smoke pot, you have some fucking dreams, baby. Mm. Woo! Like, they're intense. Like, sometimes I wake up to pee, and I go, what the fuck is going on in my head? Wow. Like, weird, crazy dreams. Like, being in a plane where it comes really close to hitting a mountain, and the next thing you know, you're hanging on the ledge of a building, and the next thing you know, you're running through the woods, and next thing you know, you you, you know it's fucking freezing cold, and you're trying to stay warm, and you got a fire going. You're like, yeah. What kind of fucking wacky primal dreams am I going through here? That's awesome. It's very weird because I'm I'm waking up and I'm just just like it's not like I wake up and I'm scared. I wake up going, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. <clears throat> Studies on cannabis and sleep were conducted in 1970s. Some information about the possible effects of cannabis and sleep: low dose of THC, four to twenty milligrams, mildly decreased REM sleep in both regular users and non-users. Interestingly, deep sleep was increased when cannabis was initially used, but this effect disappeared after repeated use. With high doses of THC, fifty to two hundred ten milligrams. Now stop and think about Lee Syatt eating five hundred. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's edible, which is way different. <laughs> REM sleep was decreased in both regular users and non-users. Total sleep time was not affected, but deep sleep was decreased. When THC was stopped, some rebound in REM sleep was found with reduced sleep time and increased time to fall asleep. Now, this is interesting because what I want to know, oh, look at this. Some people do have withdrawal symptoms when stopping prolonged and heavy use of cannabis, and this can adversely affect sleep. I didn't have any... Um, withdrawal symptoms. Zero, Mm. none, not one. But what's interesting to me is I wonder if there's any benefit um, to to having those dreams, rather, versus not having those dreams. Like, I wonder if in some way I'm doing myself a disservice by smoking pot all the time. I wonder if there's like, you know, is there like a point of diminishing returns about 
because like there's a lot of benefits for cannabis, right? There's a lot of benefits in terms of the anti-inflammatory effects. There's neuroprotective effects of cannabis that they found that regular users like they think it might actually like hold off Alzheimer's in some people. But I wonder, you know, what's the what's the balance? Because I'm really I've never really considered that it was an issue at all. I always felt like there was zero health, uh, like negative health effects mm. of using it for me personally. I'm like. I get my blood work done regularly. I'm, I'm healthy. I eat really well. I take a lot of vitamins. I exercise regularly, and I like pot, so I smoke pot. And obviously, it's not hurting me. It's not like people who drink all the time and fuck up their liver and their body. And but now I'm wondering. Doesn't affect your memory. You have a great memory. It's pretty good. Maybe it'd be better. Hmm. Maybe you know. Essentially, what do you, what do you got here, Jimmy? The longer article about oh. uh, alcohol and marijuana effects on sleep, but this is the marijuana part. Oh, okay. What does it say? Furthermore, it can increase slow wave NREM deep sleep, which is good because that's where experts believe most of your actual recuperation takes place. However, as you continue con- to consume, your slow wave sleep will get severely reduced, reducing the restfulness of your sleep is supposed to provide. Reducing, rather, the restfulness your sleep is supposed to provide. Hmm. So, but here's the thing, like, if, what if I get high during the day? Like, why is that affecting my sleep at night? That's what's confusing. Because it's not like I get high a lot at night. Sometimes me and the missus will smoke a little before I give her some of that. Nice. Yeah, sure. It feels better that way. You punch her? You smoke pot? No. That's the high fuck. Oh, wow. That's a hard fuck. <laughs> that's why I'm scared of Chrissy Blinky's too old. She can't take it anymore. <laughs> I told you to duck, Christy. <clears throat> I don't want her to bleed like your butthole did that day. With finger. Couple days. You know, if you have sex with someone, they start breaking. That's not good. But I'm wondering. I'm wondering, like, I, I need to know. I, w- I want to find out, like, what's the... I, I'm, I'm going to start looking into this now. Now, is that different than uh, that stuff that uh, CBDs? Yeah, very different. Yeah, very different. Is yeah, it possible? CBDs don't have psycho- psychoactive effects. I disagree. No, you're, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about that Charlotte's Web. Yes. See, that shit gets me high. Yeah, see, it doesn't get me high. But I'm not, I'm not sure if we have the same, obviously we have the same, don't have the same body, you know, like what affects you, you know, food-wise. And yeah. Everybody's different when it comes to that stuff. But Charlotte's Web has a bunch of other cannabinoids it's not just cbd and that's one of the more beneficial aspects of it Mm -hmm. is that stuff it uses the full plant so maybe cbd wouldn't get you high Mm. but maybe that kind of hemp oil more comprehensive cannabis oil would get you high that's interesting to get you high like how high nice high just like mellow more like takes the anxiety out and Mm. makes me just really it's really nice at the end of the day, around 5 o'clock when you're re-entering the family. Maybe you have um, – maybe some of that anxiety is coming from inflammation. <clears throat> and maybe what it's doing is reducing inflammation oh, and relaxing you. Yeah. That's what I would guess. Yeah. Because it doesn't make people test positive for THC. So, like, if you had a, a company and you were working for them, I don't want to get anybody fired. But I'm pretty sure they've tested this stuff. And if you had a company and you're working for them and, you know, they piss test you. And if you're taking, like, Charlotte's Web Oil, I don't think it does anything to you. Mm. I don't think it shows up. Right. How fucked up is that, man? Having a job that tests your piss. Hey, Greg, what are you having fun over the weekend? Yeah. You fucking loser. Yeah. 
Those are the same jobs that tell you you can't date anybody from work. It's like, all right, so you got me working 12 hours a day. I don't see anybody else in my life, and I can't date the women that I'm, you know, Yeah, but that creates complications, man. I know, but they shouldn't make it illegal. That's they, true. They can suggest it. But yeah, how weird is that? You can't tell people what to do. They do. They fucking tell a manager he can't that's sleep with an employee. Well, that's because they're worried about some Harvey Weinstein oh, yeah. shit. Right. That makes sense. Because that's always the thing. The boss fucking the secretary, mm-hmm. right? You know? I know a guy, a real recently a guy, who works for this big-ass corporation that got busted. Yeah? Sending it home to the secretary, baby. Oh, shit. In that office, day in, day out, looking at each other, giving each other a nod. <laughs> How you doing? And then one day, <laughs> In the workplace, or they went to a hotel? I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but he's in trouble. You know him personally? I know. Eh, I can't talk. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Right. When, you, when you tell me the story about the guy who gave uh, babies to Michael J- Oh, I know who you're talking about. Mm. Oh, that's right. Mm. Even worse, your story involves kids dying that got sent to Michael Jackson, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? It's entirely possible. Yes. Now I know what you're referring to. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I got other things to tell you about that guy. Mm. That guy. (laughs) We can't tell you, folks, because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't talk about certain things. But who knows what was actually going on? You know, my, I've always had the weirdest theory about Michael Jackson. What? That he was castrated. That he's a castrata. Oh, I would buy that. The yeah. voice. The voice, the body. <clears throat> extremely thin. Like, didn't look like he had any muscle at all. Mm. Which is like what someone who's been castrated would look mm-hmm. like. No testosterone at all. Couldn't sleep. Super high-pitched voice. Kept that high-pitched voice deep into his 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the sleep thing, I think it's just riddled with anxiety and craziness and all the fucking plastic surgery. I mean, he was a, an, literally an exercise in madness. Yeah. That was a, a person who went mad from people paying attention to him. Yeah. What a cr- with unlimited resources. Yeah. Is that him looking jacked? Mm, that doesn't look as jacked as a girl who goes to CrossFit. You know what's amazing, though, about him is for a scrawny, effeminate guy, he acted like a Badass in his videos. You know what I mean? He actually played the part of a guy who was like, you know, going to kick somebody's ass. Smooth criminal. Didn't he have a sports jacket on in uh, the Thriller video? Like a Letterman's jacket, right? When that yes. Outfit? Yeah. I watched Thriller the other day. My kids love it, man. Yeah. They love the scene where he turns into a werewolf. Yeah. My youngest daughter goes, he's like a little cat person. It's not even a wolf. They're making it a cartoon or some shit. I just saw Thriller? Today. Yeah, in some way or another. Huh. The werewolf was so corny looking now. It's like, it was so weird. Like, it was not, not really a werewolf. It was like a werewolf cat sort of thing. Mm. You remember? Remember what it looked yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the whiskers grew out of his face. I remember being uh, like super excited about it because it was Rick Baker that did it. He's the same guy who did the American Werewolf in London. He did a lot of Star Wars. He's a makeup guy, special effects guy. He created those masks and all the crazy shit that you, all special effects that you saw in like a lot of the like the really badass horror movies back then. Like there, that's it. Uh huh. Like what is that? That's not a wolf. What are those whiskers? Like that's some kind of like a monkey mouth. Yeah, right. It's like almost like a baboon mouth, right? What is that? Hey, it's like a baboon man. That's snake eyes. Yeah. It's like a lot of things. Yeah, but that one looks like a werewolf. Go go full screen on that one. You got, oh, see? Ooh, that's badass. That's pretty cool. 
It was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it was uh, not a werewolf like you would think of a werewolf, like an American werewolf and London werewolf. That Who also was... had on the uh, high school jacket, right? Did he? Yeah, pull up the American werewolf in London. I, I don't remember that. Oh, maybe not. An American werewolf in London, maybe he did when they were walking through the bogs, because he was supposed to be a college guy. Right. So maybe he had a college letterman's jacket on. Mm. Oh, no, it was just a... Yeah, it was, was like just... A parka. Yeah, it was just a down coat. Fuck, that's a good movie. That was... I gotta show my kids that movie. Don't show them. Oh, well, they're old enough. It's an intense movie. Oh, look at that. Jesus Christ, go full screen on that. I don't remember that scene. Oh. Oh, obviously. Whoa. How yeah. old should my daughter be before she watches Bruno? What's Bruno? Oh, that's the, the gay... Um, eh, now. Fuck it. It's okay, right? Yeah, she likes the Beach Boys. Yeah. Show us some gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> She'll ask me if she can watch a movie at dinner, and I'm always like, I, I don't know what's appropriate anymore for anybody. My wife got mad because I showed the nine-year-old the original Alien movie. Oh, did it scare her? No. She's a little badass. She hung in there. She loved yeah. it. Yeah? She's like, it's Mommy, a slow she's like, movie. Watch a lot of times now. kids like that, their intention span is too short for a slow movie like that. You really think that movie's slow? Oh, yeah. I heard Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner, is very slow. But I know very, the old one was. But very yeah. awesome. Really? Yeah, I heard it's like super underrated. Oh. You know, all these people are like, it's not doing well. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I, I need to see it. But a lot of people are saying that it's like really slow. Yeah. Mm. No movies are doing well this year. What do you think that is? Maybe people are watching Netflix more? I think that's exactly what it is. Because a movie experience is an hour and a half, two hours, right? Plus getting there, yeah. parking. A lot of money. Yeah. Netflix is like, what, nine bucks a month? Mm-hmm. And you could just binge watch House of Cards your fucking head falls off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the OA right now. Do you know What's what that, that is? It's a weird supernatural thriller. On Netflix. It's really? fucking great. It's great. Although some assholes on Twitter thought it was a good idea to give me some spoilers. Oh, that's fucked up. You twats. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. I, sh- I was just trying to tell people that I found a good show, and then I fucked up because, again, late at night, barely paying attention, read some of the comments. I'm like, mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. Mm, it's got a wolf shirt on. <laughs> What does it say? We don't need a season two of the OA. Oh, fuck off. People just think it's such a great idea to be negative. I know. It's so much fun to be negative. Although I badmouth Aerosmith on this episode. You did a little bit. I'm a hypocrite. I don't feel good about that. Well, you did what you got to do. Oh, my. Um, You know what the best show I've seen in a long time is The Americans. It's um, It's on Amazon Prime. It's about this couple that comes from Russia, and they've oh. been indo- they've been taught to be Americans from the time they were like you know yeah. twelve years old. You know that's based on a true story. Yeah, yeah, Montclair, New Jersey, dude. That yeah. fucking the acting is Kerry Russell. I forget the guy's name, but they're just so fucking good. I gotta write that. She's down. a badass. Kerry Russell. But, well, what else has she been in? Uh, she was in that uh, Felicity, right? Felicity, which was huge. What's that? It was on fifteen years ago on Fox. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. But <laughs> so it's like I, I watched six. Shit. I watched six seasons of it in in uh, six months. 
And they fucked a bunch of other people, right? Like it was part yeah, of the Yeah, it's part thing. of their job is they both go off and they fuck other people. Like and what are the people affairs. he has to fuck? Well, I don't want to spoil it. Hey, you? settle it down. You'll see. You'll don't see say it nothing. All. Don't say nothing. All right, let's wrap this up and we're going to talk about all the things we couldn't talk about on the air. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being on episode you got one. It. My, my pleasure. Can brother. I give you some dates? Fuck yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, let's kill do the it. music. Let everybody know where the fuck Greg right, Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you. Fitzdog.com. Fitzdog.com. This weekend in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the 19th through 21st. Spokane Comedy Club, November 2nd through the 4th. Atlanta Punchline, November 17th through 19th. And Zanies in Nashville, December 8th and 9th. Boom. Boom. Zanies in Nashville, one of the great clubs in the country. It's a fun club. I was one of the best. Oh, wait a minute. Now, I've never worked there. Oh, good. No? No. Oh, good. That was one of the ones, remember I was telling you, where Gersh kept clubs from me? Yeah. When I was with them? That right. was one of the ones. Oh, all right. It's a great spot. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode one from the new studio. Thank you so much. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, motherfuckers, for tuning in to the podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. Thanks to Movement Watches. Go to MVMT.com forward slash Rogan. And you can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns on some super stylish and beautiful watches. Movement.com forward slash Rogan. MVMT.com forward slash Rogan. We're also brought to you by Stamps.com. Fuck going to the post office. You don't need to. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in J-R-E. And they're going to hook you up with a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without... Long-term commitments. So beautiful. Thank you also to Squarespace, the new location of my motherfucking website. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And thank you to Lyft. Go make yourself some money, folks. Get yourself a little cash on the side. Make some good use of your free time. Go to lyft.com, L-Y-F-T dot com forward slash Rogan today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft.com forward slash Rogan. That's it for today, folks. Um, And that's it for most of the week. We will be back, though, on Saturday. Saturday, we have a fight companion in the afternoon. It's uh, from Poland. And uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, our friend, is going to be fighting uh, a very dangerous guy named Darren Till. It should be a uh, really interesting fight. Um, And that is noontime Pacific time. So 3 p.m. on the East Coast, noon uh, in California. And uh, looking forward to that. All right. Next week, uh, Courtney DeWalter. I don't know how to say her name. She's a woman who just won that uh, Moab 240, 238-mile foot race. This lady smoked the competition. She'll be here on Tuesday. Me mate Adam Greentree from Australia. He'll be here on the, the 25th. Got more guests, too. Lots of shit coming up, folks. I got a lot of stuff happening. And we got a new studio. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys and gals and non-binary folks. Love you. Bye. Bye.